Welcome to the Dungeon House, where a bunch of regular people with regular jobs gather to play Dungeons and Dragons. We aren't professionals, so if you hear food ASMR or a baby in the back, just understand it's normal. This show is recommended for those 13 and up. The music you'll hear is brought to you by William Heaton and various other artists. We're glad that you're here to share in the fun and laughter, as well as the challenges along the way. So come on into our home, take a seat on the couch, and enjoy the Dungeon House. Awesome. That would be so fun. And we are live! Hello, everybody! Welcome to the Dungeon House! The Dungeon House. The Dungeon House. So... Special announcements. We have to be a little quiet because there's special special guests. We need to be quiet. We have to be quiet. No, a little, not like extreme. Just a little quiet. No, that's not how it works. It's a baby. Yeah, they sleep through anything. That's not how it works. Because he has a poopy diaper. Um. Once you're a parent, you'll understand, Faith. Okay, Dad. (laughs) Right. I do Boom. not feel comfortable um, with Faith calling McKay dad, because I call McKay. Hey. Um, we have a small child. He'll be joining us later. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna get his diaper changed and then get some nourishment in him and then Tori will be down. So you guys can start whatever or talk about whatever. I was just trying to be respectful with little buddy in their home and what do I get? I get Slam, like, you know, you're dumb. <laughs> oh, that was kind of rude. But it's, uh, okay. it's all saying you know, that we don't have to be. Give the don't. viewers yeah. some context to what's going on right now. Why are we talking about a small child in your house? Oh, uh, Tori gave birth to our son. He's a good baby. His name is Hayes. We'll show him maybe to the camera. We'll see. I don't know if he's ready for the internet popularity yet. <laughs> it's hard. Red life. It's hard. I don't know if he wants his first his first week of life appearing on a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. It's true. He's it's almost almost a week old. Almost. almost. That's that's like one of those stories you hear from your parents when you're young. It's like when you were a small child, I showed you in front of millions of viewers on a Dungeons. Sorry, yeah. millions. But hope not I, yet. I have one. I'm just joking, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a quick mm-hmm. shout out to anyone who wants to listen to me for a second. Yes, sure. So, let's say quick, uh, quick sponsor for today's video. Have you ever been poor? Have you ever wanted more money but not known how to make more money? Have you ever heard about the wonderful gift to this world known as cryptocurrencies? And are you curious about learning more? Well, do I have the experience for you? Effective immediately released to the world is the new and imp- new and amazing game known as Crypto Whales. Oh. Crypto Whales, it's just like cover your assets or Monopoly deal or Bonanza. It's all of them combined, but with Bitcoin. Look up Crypto Whales today and have you self become a crypto whale master crypto whales wow Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Crypto whales, 
having done some of the beta testing for the game, I actually find it quite enjoyable. So if you like games like that, like Monopoly Dill, like Cover Your Assets and stuff like that, it's definitely worth looking into. Um, I think you can get a game now at CryptoWalesCardGame.com. Why is that the URL? But yeah, <laughs> CryptoWalesCardGames.com. And we there's get a special offer. Yeah, I was no going to say, do we actually get money? <laughs> there's a special offer in that you in the order. If you use our code that you can find on the TV screen, you can get five cents off. Wait, really? Yeah, but you got to find the code. I don't know where it's at. If you yeah. find it, you get five cents off. <laughs> it's a random pop up throughout the stream. Look, I I got to watch our audience a code. If we got paid for sponsorship, <laughs> so no, but crypto wells. All right, there, there's our our sponsors. For Did Matt ask you to do that, Kyle? Look, <laughs> I heard if you just start randomly sponsoring people, they eventually legally have to pay you. Oh, so I love that. I'm gonna tell Matt later we've been sponsoring him, and I want my compensation. Tell him to send this money to our Venmo so we can get pizza for everyone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Tell him that uh, his good friends are extorting him because they keep sponsoring his game. <laughs> Matt is a really good friend of ours, and he, him, and uh, another guy made this card game. So uh, if you guys are anyone out there is interested in card games, you should really check it out. Yeah. Um, okay. Is there anything else that happened? Faith and I, we finished. School. Now we're into summer vacation. Next week we face got a new job. I'm going to be getting a new job soon. We're spending too much money. We've been spending a lot of money because anniversary and yeah. celebration of 15th anniversary. Are we? We're not playing next week or the week prior, correct? Um, I'm not sure about the week after that. Um, so for those on the podcast, um, just so you know and. And for our players. And for our players. Brandon will not be joining us tonight. And he won't be joining us if we play the week after next. Because he is getting married. And he's got to get things figured out now. And then in two weeks, he'll be on his honeymoon. So he won't be here. Next week, we will not be playing either. Because it's Faith and I's anniversary. And so we won't be in town. Just so y'all know, it's next week there will be no show. Um... But I'm thinking the week after that we'll jump back into it, and we'll just we'll miss Brandon for uh, and his character Ren for two sessions. So he's still there. He's still with us. He's just kind of taking a step back, you know, considering what's going on and thinking about his life choices. So um, I guess without further ado, maybe we could get a recap. I know it's been a, a little while, but Joy, would you be willing to give us a recap? Uh, yes. Let's see. <laughs> so we made it to the uh, the vigil's headquarters or their training grounds, uh, right? And we met um, our trainers. Essentially, we got a nice tour on the way. Um, we had some uh, conversations about uh, I 
almost called David's character Lua. <laughs> whatever her character, whatever the oh, character name Elia. is. Alaya. <laughs> we got some history on her. Um, yes, yeah, so we met our trainers. They put us directly through a test. They didn't give us the orientation, anything that they were supposed to. Anyway, so they put us in this giant arena. Uh, they put some of us on a giant tower and we had to fight uh, some some plants, some very scary plants. Um, after which we were shown to our barracks, essentially. And uh, wow, names are not coming to me. But Faith's character and Tori's character had a little heart-to-heart about who they are, and Lua overheard a little bit of it, and uh, a lion. Opal met uh, Elias' mom. I think that's where we ended it. That's where we ended it. Yep, that's like everything (laughs) that happened. So just for the sake of kind of the story and narrative, all the things I explained last time still happened with um, Opal and her training separately. But we're going to kind of go back a little bit in time. Instead of jumping like a couple of weeks ahead, we're going to go back to the very next morning after Opal and Adelaide had kind of that experience. Um, And you guys had had your first night in the, the... the training area um, over in the town of Mangrove of Osho. Um, <clears throat> you were all kind of under the supervision of Kaletho, who is the dwarven lady who has somewhat of a type A bossy personality and is a little bit rude and she is the one that's going to be giving you tests as well as kind of watching over you during this time. Um, she told you to wake up like early, early in the morning. And I think it's like supposed to meet at six, if I remember correctly. Um, and yeah, I think that covers just about everything. Um, I'm assuming everyone made it to bed that night at some point, And you all wake up refreshed and renewed for your first day uh, in your actual training. Is there anything specific anyone's doing this morning as you're kind of getting your stuff ready, getting prepared mentally and or physically for kind of what's ahead? I'm chilling, sorry guys. Uh, Pinky's definitely singing, humming, doing her morning sing-song routine, <laughs> I guess. Sing-song? I like that. What, <laughs> what's the song about? Um, the song is about her first day on the vigils, how she's super excited and she likes her new friends. Mm-hmm. Um, like you guys definitely... <laughs> I feel like I went over this last time, but we kind of breezed past it. But definitely in this morning, you see Baron's new look. Which is? Yeah. Just to remind oh, just us. Just to remind you. Uh, um, as a background, he was mangy, had hair down to the middle of his back. 
gross beard, looked like he was 40 years old. Now, now, uh, his hair is cut to his shoulders, so it's like shoulder length hair. Um, he no longer has a beard, very like as clean shaven as you can get with uh, Pinky's knife. Um, and uh, he's got this gnarly little mustache, right? That kind of comes across like, nope, it's no, it's like just a straight mustache, right? Thin and just kind of nasty looking. Um, I'd say you'd notice his broken or like his nose that has previously been busted many times before. Um, and then his his purple eyes would kind of stand out to you guys just as like purple. Eyes. Most people don't don't have purple eyes, so especially humans. Most humans. Most humans, yeah. With um, context. I have curiosity. What's your tone? What um? Would Moss know what these purple eyes would be, or is make it a, make a history check? All right, because you were you're someone that probably would have heard about these. Okay. So, fifteen. Remind me what you know of Baron thus far. What Moss knows. So Moss honestly knows very little about Baron. He hasn't really taken the time to get to know him. He just knows like general information. We all know that Baron's a pretty ugly-looking guy. Until now, he's not ugly-looking anymore. He's still pretty <laughs> ugly-looking, but well, it's less about ugly and more about. <laughs> The the punchable face has gone up even yeah. more. That's like the, the broken nose. Like, like before, you didn't want to stare at him. Now you're like, you kind of feel like you have to stare at him, but like, oh, not in a good way. I don't know how they're explain it. <laughs> yeah, so that that's the only issue is Moss doesn't know too much about Baron at this point. Yeah. Now, Kyle, think, that's a different story. You've seen like kind of the rune burn mark on his arm, mm -hmm. um, the kind of these glyphs of warding that you've seen other people tattoo on their bodies before this one was a little bit more intricate um as well as you know that his family had something to do with i think it was explained about him coming from a background of monster hunting and stuff like that mm -hmm. um with the 15 there seems some connection with the purple eyes and his the monster hunting, but it's not necessarily clicking all the way right now. But you kind of like, I feel like I've heard something about that before, but it's not really the synapses haven't quite clicked into place. So Moss is going to stare at Baron and be like, I feel like I know something. And that is what Moss will do. Pinky, here's your knife back, and I'll kind of toss it to Pinky. Thanks. And she's going to look at your purple eyes and she's going to... Wow, your eyes are so pretty! Thanks. Does he blush? No. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's a charisma check. You know what I mean? Oh. I mean, his... I feel like with Baron, his charisma is so low that he he just doesn't have the ability to blush anymore. It just doesn't work. So, whether he should have blushed or not, 
It just it just doesn't, doesn't happen. <laughs> um, is there anything else going on? Opal, Alaya. <clears throat> I think Alaya's more just dreading the fact that she might see her mom today. <laughs> yeah. Like she's just like somber, like in a somber mood. Yeah. Were we were we told to like meet a specific place or were we were just told to get up at a certain time? That's a good question. Um DM Chase does not quite remember what was said. Uh, I'll say that you um if it wasn't stated earlier, she said be at like kind of the open grounds of the, the training area at six in the morning. Okay. I think I'm going to start moving my way that way. Okay. Awesome. So as it, the group, group kind of comes together as the time's getting pretty close to it, you all start heading towards the grounds. And at this point, like, this being a coliseum, there's a pathway that kind of leads around the whole perimeter of it, the hexagonal uh, shape of it. And on this level that you're on, it seems to be a bunch of barracks for a different parties um yours is one of them but as you start going around you see not only kira's group but other groups start kind of leaving their bunks as well as it looks like there seems to be more than just the the two groups uh it looks like they've kind of grouped you all together you see what looks to be somewhere around six seven maybe eight groups um of Vigils ranging from numbers from like five people to the biggest seems to be about eight. Uh, you're one of the bigger groups, including Pablo. Um, you all start getting ready and head towards the um, the actual Coliseum um, arena. As you all enter in there with kind of the group of vigils outside, you see kind of in the middle, built out of the same colored stone uh, prior that the, the pillar was made out of. Looks to be almost like a raised platform, a stage in a sense. You see Kaletho and uh, Dennis standing on it, kind of waiting for you. Um, very similar to what they were wearing yesterday. They look to be... Um, kind of idly chiding as people start kind of filing in. Um, as you kind of look around, it's open area, and as they start noticing you come in, Dennis uh, kind of puts up his finger, kind of like almost motioning, one moment please, to Kaletho, and then he, he concentrates for just a second, and then you see in front of the stage, this rage platform, he starts creating chairs out of the stone for you all to sit in as he kind of makes rows. Um, it looks like he makes um, around like 70, 75 for the amount of people that are here. Um, this is an important question. Where do you all sit? Are you sitting together or you're kind of like spreading out? How, how, how's this going down? Pinky will definitely want people to sit together. She'll kind of be like, oh, guys, let's go sit over here. 
Oh, there yeah. people don't have to do that. Yeah, Moss would just sort of go over with Pinky. Yeah, I think I'll just follow along. Um, was Dennis? He's next to Kalitho. 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 I'll wait then. Sounds good. Yeah, this doesn't seem like it's really a function where you probably go up and talk to someone. This mean looks more like there's going to be some sort of speech maybe um, happening uh, as everyone's kind of coming together. With kind of the grouping and stuff like that, as you guys start heading into a certain location, um, you all end up kind of grouping together. It looks like uh, a couple other groups um, have merged and start picking out their places and among the, the seats. Eventually, after some time, um, Kaletho kind of does a... <clears throat> Um, okay. All right, everyone be quiet. Be quiet. All right. Well, I was informed that I, they need, that you all need to see the presentation. You see that she looks pretty perturbed at this. Um, I'm going to allow Dennis the opportunity to present to all of you as she kind of storms over to the side. Dennis kind of takes his steps kind of up to the front. Um, he kind of waves sheepishly, hi. Um, so, one second. And then he, he kind of concentrates again. And you see like kind of the, the top of the the Coliseum gets almost covered by what looks to be almost like some sort of roofing. It's hard to tell if it's the stone itself being formed over or something, but as it kind of comes from all four of the hexagonal sides as triangles kind of peeking towards the middle, it seals up and it kind of bathes this whole area in darkness, as you kind of see the, the stones moving together. At that moment, you kind of feel this uneasy quietness as you kind of hear him fumbling with something up on the stage. And it seems like some sort of prestidigitation spell is amplifying the sound coming from him. Uh, well, one moment, uh, as you still bathe in the light, I am going to share my screen. Um, and I would like you all to jump in there if you can. I'm gonna move the uh, stream over to the thing, is that okay? No, I don't wanna do the stream just because there's some Wizards of the Coast copyrighted images on it. And so I'll have to describe what you see. Check it, Wizards of the Coast. Boom. I know. <laughs> when you Boom. steal someone else's art, they apparently don't like it, but I'm using it for this, for the players. Hashtag Strike. Hashtag strike. Hashtag take. Take all you want. Take the power. The means of the production. All right. Can you all see what's going on on my screen? Yep. Yes, yep. as being a ver vigil. Yep. So as there looks to be some sort of light has been set up at the front of the um, 
stage. You see this odd-looking contraption made out of wood and metal with this strange-looking arm kind of set up above it and some sort of light beneath. You see that he's fumbled with some sort of um, tome or manuscript that he is holding. He carefully reaches in and takes out some sort of clear parchment-esque material and he sets it onto this light thing and behind him he's constructed a wall out of the stone and as you look you can see this light has been changed and shot towards this wall somehow projecting onto it um words and images and as you kind of step back and you're like whoa that's i this is crazy but then you realize well it's magic. That makes sense. You can do things like that. Um, you read the words in big, bold letters. Being a vigil, 101. 101. Simple steps for saving people. Fabricated by Draven Durrell. As he um, sets on out, gives it like five seconds, and then, okay. And he like changes out the next one to the next parchment piece. You see, comes up onto it, words that say something to the effect of, Welcome to our family. We are glad to have you here. He kind of has what looks to be some sort of box next to him who is speaking the words in a really calming tone. As you kind of look around for a second there, you you notice a lot of the people around you look really confused whether or not they, you kind of felt like this was supposed to be some sort of actual training, but it's really weird to have a class presentation, like right at the beginning of the training. It's, it's feeling a little weird. As the slide changes, it moves to a picture of what looks to be some sort of vigil group um, being ready to defend themselves against evil. The words on the, the page as well says, what are your thoughts? In the vigils, there's a lot of different people and things. So what do you think we are? What do we do and why do we do it? And he, you see, uh, the Dennis kind of, after the little box says what it says, he kind of turns to all, all of you and say, um, can we have a couple of people's uh, opinions on the questions? Anyone? What's the question? It's on the board. Just read it. Uh, it but if, if you're hard of seeing it says, uh, so what do you think the vigils are? What do <coughs> the vigils do and why do we do it? Probably click on that. Yeah, click on it right there. Pinky's hand is gonna fly up. Uh, yes, they're in the in the the bright pink outfit. You. <clears throat> um, the vigils, the good guys. They protect those who can't protect themselves. Ah, that's a good answer. You are very wise and very knowledgeable already. Good. Any others? Any others? You see, um, <laughs> someone else on the other side of the almost makeshift auditorium kind of raises their hand and says, uh, they go around and, uh, they 
do things and uh and he's like you can see Dennis up on the front going mm-hmm yeah mm-hmm mm-hmm just as this guy kind of guy rambles a little bit trying to search for some way to say something intelligible but not really landing anything and after a little while he says yes that's very good anyone else Sure, sure. <coughs> um, Adelaide, it's been kind of a early morning for you, and so you're not really sure what's going on. You, you just kind of realize that you are actually awake right now, and you staring at that Look around, yeah. You realize that you're in some sort of presentation. Uh, Presentations. The vigil, how to be a vigil 101 per se. And so this is kind of like a introduction presentation. It's the one that Coletta really hates. Yeah, so. And they're asking, who are the vigils? Yeah, they just want to get people's thoughts. That way, like, there's some good group discussion, kind of getting some vibes and feelings, things like that. But, the, the, yeah, so they're going to, like... <clears throat> What's the question? So the question is, what do you think the vigils are? What do you, what do they do, and why do they do it? Yeah. The vigils are people that protect those that can't protect themselves. <laughs> well, good i think we finally i think we're we're all in agreement that that's that's what vigils do it seems that you all have a pretty good understanding um in a way that uh draven Duril put it and he, he changes out the little sheet he says um we are here to help that's so awesome so how does it work because of arrangements with different factions, governments, and communities, we assist with protecting against groups and entities that put people in danger. We pride ourselves in being completely independent from any nation and social group, serving people rather than powers. And you hear everyone go, ah! <laughs> As he changes out to the next slide, he says, these are more the major focuses of the vigils. Uh, I know, just so you know, I know Dennis's voice has changed like three times already tonight. <laughs> just bear with me. Um, we all love, we above all want to protect the people. Other things that set us apart from other groups are party dynamics, personal progress and development, and benefits. As he changes the slide, <laughs> as he changes the slide, uh, the first one it uh, you see protecting people is the title of it. He repeats, kind of reading off the slide. This is the heart and soul of what it means to be a vigil. Yavna is known as one of the most treacherous lands in all of Tregard. So the goal of each adventure you go on is to hopefully improve the general quality of life for people. Adventures can include examples like defeating monsters, obtaining dangerous artifacts for safeguarding, and figuring out what's going on to the townsfolk. Yeah, people kind of nod their heads like, oh, okay, okay. They kind of get in it. <clears throat> so, 
leading on to the next thing that we like to focus, what are your what are the goals that you as a group want to set? Um, we've already kind of put you into parties, um, and maybe there still could be. Um, there's some people that have smaller groups, and we might have a little bit of rearranging. But um, as your groups now, what are some of the goals that you want to set together as as a group? As he kind of opens it up. Yeah, get together, get together. And he, and he and he like co concentrates a little bit and then each one of the groups, like all the chairs like slide like all along the ground and form circles for wow. the individuals each group. So that way you can have a little bit of a talk time. Did you guys wish you could do that in church? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, I've never been That'd be so nice. Just snapping <laughs> fingers and everyone turns into circles. You are a circle. You are a circle. Yeah, I gotta use the restroom. I'm drinking my drink way too fast. You guys have fun talking about your goals. I, I have to use the restroom. I'll be back in a second, guys. Okay. Well, we know what he would say. He'd say 401k. 401k. That Alan. Actually, it would be stock options, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I propose dental insurance. Dental insurance. <laughs> Is that a goal? Well, no, it should be something we should receive, but... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, Opal, I, I'm with you. I think that good dental hygiene is a goal that all of us should aspire to. <laughs> yeah, if the videos had pretty pearly whites, you get more recruits. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, that, I know that we have a lot of our own personal goals that I'm aware of. I know that, of course, Ren, with, with you helping... Um, to, to perhaps somewhere along this journey find a cure for your family and and Pinky, I know that you were looking for some things as well of your own, of like a more personal nature. That could be a goal, finding something for you. Ooh, I think that relates to an <laughs> overall that can be umbrellaed as mentoring shift towards personal goals. So that way the vigils have an idea of what the individual employee or vigil is interested in, how they can help them reach their goals, but also monitoring, oh, maybe this is another um, Mr. Badman Lannister dude, and he's going to do terrible things. So they're able to keep an eye on us more directly, but also help us reach our goals. So it's like a mentorship. Maybe we should call it like ace or but <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think that's a overall umbrella for us to reach our personal goals. Doesn't necessarily address them directly, but an overall one that may be able to help us along our way. I also don't know if something like that already exists. I could be just being like, "What's a tours? You're a ding dong." Oh, <laughs> um, you can see that. Um, Kaletho, who's kind of seething in the corner, um, she's just kind of watching this all, but Dennis is kind of like walking among the groups, kind of just like nodding, listening to everyone's kind of thing, but sometimes like joining in, like kind of getting like hearing people's thoughts and going, hmm, nice. Um, he eventually makes it to your group. Um, so, uh, what are some of the goals that you as a group uh, are have come up with? 
Nice. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, it's okay. We're here for you. Oh, yes. Um, we have discussed something that could possibly be done that we are unaware of. There's already procedure being taken through the vigil of the organization. As we recognize as each one of our goals have their individual desires and which are striving our best to reach them. So it's difficult to pinpoint a specific goal that envelops them all. So we're curious of a mentorship that is possible for each in individual vigil to be able to recognize their goals, achieve them, maybe exceed their successors, mm. whatever. So yeah. just curious if there's a program for that. I mean, it's not necessarily a program. It's more just we really encourage people to go and, you know, really find themselves and just be willing to, like, explore who they are. It's it's less about just, you know, taking the um, the mindset of, we know that each one of you come from different backgrounds and you have different things that you want to accomplish with your life and just being willing to be there as as a support um many of the instructors and many of the vigils who have been in are are more than competent uh, mentors but as of right now i i don't know of anything that's actually set up to have a mentorship going so that's something that i should uh i should bring it up with someone that's a that's a smart idea if you'd like to discuss it more, we can. But another goal we'd like, um, is there a 401k for a friend Moss? I mean, all of us, but... Uh, so, because this is d and I'm assuming <laughs> 401k isn't quite the right term. old? <laughs> um, yes, we actually... Uh, we'll get to that in the slide. Uh, don't you worry. Um, the vigils... We really do want to help our own. It's not an easy job putting yourself on the line. And so the we want to make sure that it's something that's well worth it to you. Mm -hmm. um, though it seems like you've all kind of more focused on your individual goals. What And really, the biggest one of the biggest things about being a vigil is coming together as a group and working together. So... Maybe that's something that you can think about is what can we do together as as a group to work towards the same thing? Well, I yeah, think we're all that... <laughs> you go first. Go for it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Well, I think from listening to everyone's personal goals just as we've known each other, I think everybody's here to help at least one person. I like that. That's very nice. Helping each other out. That's what friends are for. And even though you may not be close friends or even not even really acquaintances yet, that's okay. There's definitely time. Uh, did you have something to say? He points to you, Baron. Uh, no, nah, I think Pinky. I think Pinky answered it, but then I'll take out my pocket. Could you give this to Draven? He smells it. Okay, yeah. Puts it in. Well, he's the thing. Okay, never mind. He's not good. Um, I mean, if you want to do an inside check on why he smelled it, you can. No, but. I'm going to be terrible and assume. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> but I <laughs> one more thing. Is, okay. Well, I can't speak for all of us, but I think just for this exercise, we can safely say we are all here to be able to do good for people. 
and the people that we love. So I think that's an overall goal that aligns with the vigil's main goal. Yeah. And we definitely suggest you accomplish the things that you need to accomplish as well. All right. Well, I better continue on, but uh, it was good discussing with all of you. Uh, keep it up. And then he just keeps walking off. Um, eventually, as you guys kind of get to the point where the talking turns less from being about goals and more about just being about anything and just idle chatter, um, he mounts the stage again and then he kind of calls everyone's attention back and he says, <clears throat> All right, well, I hope you all had a good chance to talk about goals together as, as a group. Um, but alas, it's time for us to continue. Um, the this is something that the great um uh, Raphael, the who formed the vigils, had once said about his party, about his group. <clears throat> your party is your foundation. So build off of each other, as he kind of, like, <clears throat> it's a little bit of, like, finger guns, in a sense. It's really cheesy. Baron's going to kind of lean back in his chair and just, like, have on all twos, you know what I mean? Just kind of, oh, it's a, it's, 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 so he'll just, he'll just slap down. down. Yeah, <laughs> slap down into it and just, he's there. He's there. It's like cool kid in elementary school class and, like, Oh, look what I can do. I can slouch. Spooky is just eating all this up. She is just so excited. I don't think she's sitting. She's hovering over her chair. <laughs> she's like bobbing <laughs> up and down because she can't move still. <laughs> all right. He clicks it forward and he says, the most... Uh, it's important for us to talk about this uh, right off the get-go because sometimes with being people that go out and help others it's really easy to get in the mindset of putting other people above yourself and while that is important to be selfless it's also important to make sure that each and every one of you come home the most important goal to us at the lighthouse is bringing each and one of you home safe this means that whether you're going on a mission and you think it's something that'll be a piece of cake or whether it's something that you know is dangerous, it's important that you all make it back in the end to us. It's a lot harder to train new vigils than to bring you back home. And so if something's out of your reach, if something's too hard, it's all right. Be willing to come back and try again. If we need to, we can send someone with you. If we need to, we can send up others who may be in a better position to deal with the challenge. But remember, our main goal is to bring each and every one of us back home while helping others. He clicks the slide forward. Now on to some of the benefits of being um, part of the vigils. And this is just <laughs> some of the, very, of the few benefits. With being a, a vigil, your housing is already put into everything and you have housing and food accommodations like that at your disposal. Um, and the use of facility shops and equipment um, is also allowed. Though some things that are a little bit more than just your regular equipment must be purchased on your own from some of the facility shops. As well as we have on-site training and learning programs to help you become better at, for one thing, being a vigil, but 
Also, just some of your life goals. Another big benefit is you be, being able to travel for your work. Um, vigils go many places throughout Yavna, and with that, that means that you get to see a lot more of the world than others. Um, as well as you get stipends for every adventure complete. Uh, that you can use for facility shops or for putting towards a bigger, better housing for yourself if you want to purchase land here in Oshto. Um, as well as that comes to the final thing, if you put in the time and you put in the effort, there are retirement plans for living on Oshto. Something that you can do um, once you've reached your later years in life. Um, if this seems to be a little bit uh, time to a little more to slow down, if that makes sense. I feel like that um, moment where it kind of talks about the retirement, everyone tries not to, but they kind of side glance Moss. Yeah. Just a little bit. Moss is going to sit there and like sort of look at everybody. It's going to be like, y'all looking at me? Huh? <laughs> it's like retirement's for old people. And Moss just going to lean back like that does not apply to him at all right now. That's so funny. All right, and that wraps up our presentation. If you have any questions, feel free to ask our instructors. And welcome to the team, as you can. <laughs> he he kind of waits. Everyone doesn't really do anything, but then it's kind of awkward, and then people start excited, clapping. <laughs> um, with that, Kalefo says, "All right, all right, get that thing out of here." <laughs> uh, she kind of storms up back onto the. The stage let me stop my screen sharing all right with that you guys have kind of been the the top of the the hexagonal coliseum has opened up again the the chairs um as you all kind of stand up start disappearing underneath you and it's left kind of just the sandy pit that it once was as Kaletho mounts the stage she says all right finally we can get down to business. And with that, um, we're going to kind of jump around a little bit um, with what's happening, since this is more of a downtime activity. If there's anything that you guys would like to accomplish, um, now's kind of the time that we can bring that up and we can talk about like some of the things that you want to do during this time. Um, is there anyone that would like to go first? And with you, that, I'll talk about your training as well. Opal, you'd like to go? Like to do research in the library. Okay. Are we using this? Um, yeah. I don't think yet, because this is just, you're getting the extra feet. That's the extra yeah. time that you're putting towards it. So with your training on learning rituals, <laughs> casting, it's not uncommon for you to go to the library in order to understand more complex magics <laughs> using the runic and geometric patterns looking these up in books and stuff like that um but free time does find itself somewhat readily to you and when you're not in the middle of trying to understand um these difficult and challenging um spell scrolls you're able to take time and read a little bit and research 
there anything particular you want to research? History. History? Um, specific, like just general history? History. Or? Okay, awesome. Well, if you're doing that, we can start this thing as well. So something that we're doing um, in our thing is kind of a homebrew rule. But since there is time for you guys to, when you come back to the, the lighthouse and throughout when you're at Oshto, you'll have downtime. And part of that downtime can be spent in various activities. And if you do those activities, um, accomplishing them, can I see your, your sheet just so I can have the rules on it? On it. With this, um, using your downtime, you can earn inspiration for that specific thing that you've spent your downtime doing. So in this case, um, Opal wants to do research on history. That means that this can lead to her having inspiration on history, depending on how well she does with her research. Um, the more specific you are in your, your thing, the more likely you are to get inspiration on it. So say if I, I really want to pr practice fighting, um, that's really general. So if you get that, you could use that anytime you're in a fight. Just a inspiration, a reroll. It's going to be a harder DC though. But if I want to practice, I want to fight, practice fighting with my offed hand using um, a dagger. That's really specific. And so with that, the DC to try to get that is a lot easier, but it's less able to be used whenever you want. Does that make sense? Um, with this, there is another thing that we'll get into once you're out of your training portion, where you can actually use this system to be able to gain proficiency in skills that you do not have by training. Um, just with your downtime, but we will worry about that once we're out of the main um, training. As of right now, your kind of training time is being put towards um, gaining the extra feet that you have, that you're all getting now. So that's just something that you guys probably will need to keep in track. We sent it out in our group chat a long time ago, uh, a sheet that kind of looks like this for keeping track of the inspiration that you have right now, as well as the little dots that you can fill in as you work towards um, accomplishing these proficiencies and gaining new ones. Okay. Any questions on that? Where Where is it in the chat? Should be... Resources up at the very top. Should be there. I'll make sure. Yeah, it's the very top, the downtime thing. If you open that up, it's just the inspiration. Inspiration Tracker 2 PDF. So that is. Uh, and it, you can fill it out on your computer. I made sure that's a fillable PDF. Pretty fancy. So if you want paper copy, you can just print it off. If you want one on your computer, you can use that too. Cool. All right. So with that, um, so you just want to do general research, right? Now I want to learn more about visual history and role with the country, continent, whatever. Okay, it's I'll I'll let you do two rolls for the chances of getting two proficiencies. One for just general history, and one for specifically vigils and their rollers. One will be an easier DC, one will be a higher. Okay. Would you be willing to roll 
Let me still have DC in my mind. Okay, I got it. I would like you to do a history check for me um, with your dice that you do not have. Okay, I rolled it in my mind. I got a nat 20. <laughs> now let's see if the dice are following your mindset. I need to roll in my head more often. For <laughs> Me too. I have to do that as well. I'm excited to use this, this uh, down 20. I did get a nat 20. Oh, really? Oh, good job, baby. Wait, did so I you said, really? She willed it into the universe. She it. Oh my god. Hey, so why are you doing that with all your dice rolls? Oh no. <laughs> we found Faith's trick. Envision it, then achieve it. <laughs> but sometimes, numerically, like the dice are like, eh, I didn't catch that, but... Well, I don't think you can do natural 20 every time, because that's not how dice work. You have to like... That's what I was saying. You have to will, like, I just want to get like a 10 this time. Or I want to get at least a 7. I think that helps. Yes. Anyways, with a natural 20, um, it's challenging, but the prospect of reading books that you've never read before in a place that you've never been um, strikes you. And in the train grounds, they have a library. And while you, like explained last session, you kind of were training under Mira, um, Elias' mom. She explains that a lot of the books on the training grounds are actually not the best for researching um, specifically, like, that. it's not as magnificent as the library in the lighthouse proper. This is mostly for training manuals, different things about monsters, histories, things like that. But you are able to, through your... Um, process of finding books reading looking for key details you're able to find and piece together things throughout history that find in you find interesting you've gained inspiration in any history check um, that you can use whenever you want um something to know you can only have three inspirations at a time and you can only do one one per one per week um of downtime so if say you have Two weeks of downtime before your next thing, then you will have to, and you only get two inspiration points. You don't, you just don't get a third one. Or if you already have three inspiration points, you can trade them out for a new one if you're not never going to use the other one, but um, you can only have three at a time. Did you want me to make a second one? Yeah. Can I modify it? Since now you've described what the information's in there, and then seeing what's going on, it seems like it doesn't have what I'm looking for. Oh, uh, sure. I'll let you do that. Okay. What specific are you researching? Well, may I change it to investigation for secret passage? For secret passages? <laughs> secret tunnels. Okay, that still is going to be fairly hard. Because that's very... Very general. It's not just straight investigation. I'm looking for Scooby-Doo book levers. Okay. <laughs> like, in this room, or just, like, you're trying to learn what signs lead to Scooby-Doo book levers? Oh. <laughs> I want to look for Scooby-Doo levers in the library. Okay. That is not 
something that you do for inspiration. <laughs> that is just something that you're doing. So okay, okay. that's just an investigation do, check. Okay. Do investigation, inspiration, research for Scooby-Doo traps and levers and secret tunnels. Research. Yeah. That's fairly general, but I'll allow you to make a... Like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> Scooby-Doo has a lot of traps and levers and... Things like that. Not a 19. <laughs> That's good. I was thinking 17 on this one. So with that, he thought it was funny too. you <laughs> are able to take some time away from kind of getting some general knowledge about history um, and look specifically into some tomes talking about um, ancient design of architecture and stuff like that, as well as understanding where kind of what leads to hidden passages hidden doorways things like that things that um have can be hidden you find actually a manual um talking about how to hide traps well basically you see that the author's name is um henry van dyke yeah inspiration for investigation mm -hmm. and it also helps you know that henry van dyke can write with his because some of us were worried about him. Well, olivia so she can write olivia kent well, I... okay all right i think that'll be good yeah um as we discussed earlier with your training of how you gain your ritual casting. That's kind of how it happens. Who would like to go next? Baron will do it after we go next. Back. Perfect. Go for it, Pinky. Okay. Um, well, Pinky is going to spend her time um, making new friends. So this is with the intention of maybe getting advantage on like charisma check specifically to make friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just perfect. <laughs> so um just general charisma checks or persuasion, performance? Uh I don't know. What would that <laughs> maybe persuasion? Uh, Okay, so I roll a dice. Yeah, persuasion and... checks. Let me get a DC in my mind before I have you roll. Um, okay. So you're doing, you're trying to kind of get better at making friends through your persuasive skills. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I will. All right, I got a DC. Go for it. Okay. Roll your check. Your persuasion. I add my modifier, right? Yes. Okay. That is a we'll go ahead. 13. 13. Okay. Wait, so. Is it, do I, okay, just a charisma check, right? Not another, okay. No, it, it, you could, you would use your persuasion modifier. Okay, persuasion. That's a 15. Mm, that's good. But sadly, since that is yeah. a very general thing, it's. Yeah. I was set the DC in my mind to also 17. Um, okay. So 
So, you know, as you go around, you feel like you're able to practice using your persuasive skills. Um, and you are able to make a good amount of friends. Um, the kind of the name of Pinky and just your kind of... Um, the way you carry yourself kind of word spreads about you throughout like the the vigils training you're able to meet some people and you're able to do quite well though you don't feel like you've really gained a really good sense and hold on just being able to approach anyone and have a good mm -hmm. shot of becoming their friends right now though yeah. say like if you didn't have persuasion i'd probably still let you check off of a circle for practicing this skill if that makes sense okay but yes um, I think you would also just in general kind of be asking about missing children in general. Okay. Do you yeah. know why? Just see if the vigils have any information at all. Which you, I don't know, you don't have to say yes or no, but it can be known that Pinky's asking about missing children. <laughs> I'd like you to do either investigation, history, or another persuasion check. Okay. Um, let's. Let's do persuasion, because that's my best stat. Here we go. All right. That is a 23. Wow. Very yeah. good on that one. So since this one wasn't necessarily a skill base, this was just gaining yeah. information. Mm -hmm. You're able to, during your training, um, take some time to really focus on... Um, looking into talking with people, seeing what they've heard, um, bringing up in conversations while you're working on being friendly. And you find that it's not uncommon for people to join the vigils because they're looking for someone, just because it's very easy for vigils to get around as they, um, as you learn, um, vigils have teleporters in a good m many major regions of Yavna. Um, even though these regions themselves are still quite large and vast, um, it's quite easy to get to each and every one of them fairly quickly. Though, not like it's not like every town has a portal per se. It's usually either major cities or a specific inn somewhere or something like that. Mm. You hear that. Usually a common reason for children going missing is something called um, what people refer to as, and it's, there's a, many different monsters, but one that kind of really sticks out to you is some sort of being that there's not really much known about her, just known as almost has her... Sorry, she's known as Grandma Crow. Or Granny Crow. Grandma Crow. Okay. Granny Crow. Um, and she's believed to be some sort of either demon, tag. It's unclear who takes children um, never to be seen again. It's also not uncommon to hear about Creatures like fairies yourselves, as you, you know, or other types of fake creatures trading their young for 
a child, um, if a child is sick and impoverished or something along those lines, sometimes they will change out one of their young for their the original child and take care so that way they can take it back to the fade wild and raise that child in a place where they can receive medical attention and stuff like that it's not uncommon to hear of that though it's a couple other stories come out these are some of the ones that really stick out to you With that, Pinky, um, one of the days as you start working uh, and training, your first kind of task, um, what you kind of been trained to, you meet with a man, um, not in a room like a classroom, but more in like a, a room kind of just full of mirrors and stuff like that. And you see it's the same man that was driving the carriage. Um, the man with the wispy hair, and he you do not see the, the hawk with the wood mask with him at this point, but uh, he kind of turns towards you and kind of looks your way and says, Oh, I see that you're here. It's good to meet you. My name is uh, Galen Thurash. It's nice to meet you. My name's Pinky. She's gonna put out her hand and her tiny she hand. Reaches it and kind of gives it a little shake. Um, they've asked me to help with some of the the training. Um, and for for you, and as time kind of comes on, you see a couple other people enter the room as well um, for the same training. Uh, I'm here to help you all learn about espionage about being able to blend in a little bit better and being able to in some ways hide in plain sight not stick out quite as well Pinky's so <laughs> one second uh, as he kind of reaches his pony you see him pick up the rock that he he was holding um and he like listens to it for a second, like, oh, one second, I need to go take this. And he walks out. Um, you all kind of sit there making an idle chatter, chatter. And then about, oh, five minutes later, you see a figure walk past. But instead of it being Galen, you notice what looks to be some sort of kind of wiry old grandma that's kind of bent over, like with kind of a cane, kind of the... Um, pulled back hair um, into a, almost like a bonnet-esque um, style. Just looks sagged over um, a really plain dress. Um, her face is quite wrinkled and looks pretty gruff. Um, you can see she looks to have a really big kind of scarf on, but still looks quite comfy. And she walks in and is like, oh! Are you all in here to learn? I was told to come and clean this room. May I enter? Yeah. Come on in. Come on the barrier. Oh, thank you, Barry. <laughs> she 
she comes in. So, what's, what's your all's names? As she kind of gets, um, as you see that she has kind of a bucket next to her, she kind of sets it down on the ground and kind of slowly gets down onto her knees and starts sanding, scrubbing a little bit on the, the floor. Um, I think she's going to look around, see that the instructor is not back, and she's going to start to help the, the old lady. <laughs> I'm picky, and she's going to start helping, I guess. She looks up to you kind of in the eye and just says, thank you. Um, I need you to do either a perception or an insight check as you kind okay, of scrub here we go. Around. Let's see, where's my insight? Uh, what were my options? Perception or insight. Okay, well, uh, both are not good. That is a 17. 17? That's pretty good. I should roll for him as well. I rolled an 18. That's all they said about Pinky. Hmm. <laughs> An 18-year-old. Yes, but uh, you only get a 17. But you're good. Only get one. 17. Yeah. They rolled an 18. Dang. Yeah, she's... So, she yeah, just seems like a kind old woman. You make some idle chatter for a little while. Um, and about five minutes later, the the woman kindly immediately just stops and her body almost looks rigid and then she just stands up um just straight back not crunched over and stuff like that and she pulls off the wig and removes a scarf and then you see like some sort of materials kind of ripped off the face revealing the mustache that somehow had been turned into kind of wrinkles and you see that galen wearing a full dress um, kind of looks at you and says, I can't, I'm here to help you be able to do things like this. You're not able to do everything, but we'll see what we can do for each and every one of you. It's amazing. And uh, he spends the next two months, three months, kind of training you all on how to change your voice and be able to imitate the sounds of other people and even other creatures and stuff like that. He talks about how being able to disguise yourself is something that is important, but being able to mimic other people in some ways is a skill that needs to come first. And so a lot of your time is spent practicing making sounds, being able to change the tone of your voice, um, and even being able to change what sounds what the dialect you're saying you're speaking sounds changing your accent in a sense so pinky let's hear your best impression of moss baron and adelaide as you've kind of come to yourself and been able to start practicing this ability You... Or you could choose anyone else. You don't have to do that. Okay. Well, 
Let's see. <laughs> Let's try moss. I think I can do moss. <laughs> well, hey there, short stack. <laughs> Spot on. Like it's, it's uncannily wild how close it is. <laughs> Let's see. Whatever uh, Joy's voice um, doesn't make up the pinky in game takes over. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of wild. Let's try Adelaide. Well, um, I do believe that that is my shirt, and you need to give it back, Baron. It's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. I don't know who else I could do. Uh, <laughs> we'll try Baron. <clears throat> <clears throat> Well, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm here to join the vigil, and I'm cool. I've got a tattoo and a purple eyes. <laughs> <laughs> of all the ones, that's awesome. Galen kind of gives you a few claps at the end of your training. He's like, you've done well, my people. Now go out and make people, uh, trick people into thinking you are you're not. I do have a question that goes with that. So I'm assuming he kind of taught us how to disguise ourselves as well, right? Like without magic? He did not go into, you do not have proficiency in disguise kits. It's just the right. feet right now. Okay. okay. Um, so that is something that you can train and gain proficiency okay. with time. Okay, that was my that was my question because it might be useful because I can cast disguise self on myself, but like if I can help dress up my party. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so don't have that now. I'll write that down. I want that. <laughs> yeah, that's something that you can work towards. That's for sure. Who would like to go okay. next? <clears throat> uh, unless you have anything else, Pinky. Nope. Good deal. Um, I will go. Okay. Um, so my first question is, have I received any letters during... Because how long is this time did period? You, so did you give me, Chase, the letters, the messages yet? Have you written them up? No, I didn't write them up. I just... I talked talk to you about them. Yes. But just I didn't the write contents. them up. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to make sure so that way I knew if I needed to... If there's specific wording. No. Okay. So about... I'd say three days into your training, you get word back from Draven about um, we've basically along the lines we've um, actually should we jump? Do you want this to be in um, away from the table or do you want this to be oh something that I, I don't have to go into details? Don't go into detail. We, okay. You can just leave it here. We don't have to make anyone move. Just uh, okay. Just don't go into super details. I, I know what it's about. So. Yeah. So he basically says that she has arrived and she is staying with a family. Um, and he kind of explains it with the nice details, talking about how it's, uh, we can, how he's excited to have this opportunity, um, how they are staying with a couple named Hazel and Martin. Um, 
and he explains that these are people who usually are taking charge of taking care of children of vigils if they're away on long missions and stuff like that or they can't be here but she will be basically one of their hirelings since she's a little bit older helping them to minister to them as well as like living in their house and stuff like that so um he talks about how they um run a fine um service to the other mission other vigils though they they didn't have any of their own children they kind of see this as a way for them to help out um and he talks about how he trusts them even with his own children that he has um that they live close to the lighthouse up in the upper swells um among the not like it's really like set in like this is the rich area and this is the poor area but it's more of the residential area just outside of the the lighthouse proper okay um is that the only letter that i got um yes okay as well as i want you to know the first day after you got there Kaletho grabs you and a couple of the other recruits and says basically come with me and she takes you to the armory Nice. What are some of the things that you grab as you finally get kitted out? Um, I would grab some light armor. Um, I'd grab uh, like six daggers, and just I'm just loading with daggers. Like I got boot daggers. I got side daggers. Like I'm all over the place. Uh, I got I got uh, a whip that I've grabbed and tested it out and stuck that to my side. Um, as well as anything else that is kind of grabbable and throwable that they have, such as like ball bearings, caltropes, uh, manacles, anything anything small that you could potentially use in, in, a, in some sort of way. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, you finally get kitted out and you're not just in your normal slacks. Do you keep your fancy shirt? I think it's pretty much ruined, to be honest. It's pretty messed up. Maybe if there's some way to fix it with all the plant goop. I mean, this is a high fantasy setting. That's there true. is spells called our way like mend- mending and prestidigitation. prestidigitation to clean it. So it's not that hard to get it tape like Taylor being cleaned. So um, option he'll probably that. keep it, but he it'll just be in a bag somewhere. Okay. Sounds good. You kind of change it out for more of just a simple mm-hmm. have um, buttoned tunic esque. Um, and then knowing knowing that I received a letter, I think for several days I'd like to keep an eye on Kaletho. And Dennis. 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 Okay. And more specifically, after curfew. Mm. And so, after curfew, and whether they have any like vices or ritual or rituals or like anything that I can pick out that like I've noticed, whether they have a gambling problem or like they always go to bed at this time or like routine stuff that like 
you might be able to pick up on with uh, several days of study. Okay. Yeah, make an investigation check. Seventeen. Okay. So you take the next few days to kind of study them out. You notice that, um, just as a general, among the Colosseum itself, it is like usually lights out around ten. You all get done usually around like eight thirty. So you have usually like an hour and a half to like eat some food real quick shower up, get cleaned, and then go to bed. Every morning starts at 6. Um, and it's usually your training is full days, whether it's combat training, um, going through, learning about different monsters, stuff like that. Things that like you as D&D players will generally you know, and so that way you can kind of lean on that knowledge that you've already kind of learned from this. That way it's not metagame. You know it already. Um, and you kind of start picking up that the Colosseum itself, while it's not like guarded per se, it is the front door that you enter. There's no other entrances. There's only the one main entrance that's large, and it seems to have some sort of parking lock on it. Well, up on the top of the the stairways at the top, you can see that there are some sort of windows, things like that. The bomb floors where people live, there's no nothing like windows, passages like that that you can tell. Okay. Um, so it looks like um, it's fairly well kind of designed to kind of keep people just here. It has all the amenities that you'd need, like a mess hall, um, your rooming, armory, study areas, classrooms, stuff like sure. that. Kind of think in our culture, kind of like the MTC, like a training for this mm -hmm. purpose. Um, based on the several days that we've had of, like, because I imagine get into the talking about them. Oh, but, yes. Well, I was gonna. This is kind of on top of that with Coletto. Um, she's very much seems like she follows the rules, but it's her rules, right? Um, you do pick that up. Like, and he he likes to give challenges. Yeah. And we, what else did I learn? Yeah, you learn that Coletho, she sticks to her way fairly well. So, like, if she says to you, lights out at 10 o'clock, her lights are out at 10 o'clock. Um, and if she says, be there at 6, she's there, like, five minutes early. So she seems to be willing to stick to her rules, but, like, say, there's a couple of times that, like, Draven comes and kind of checks out how the train's going and stuff like that and she kind of he says like hey you should kind of focus a little bit more on like helping them understand that like the vigils are more about this and that and she's like she seems somewhat irritated on how to be told to do her job in some ways um you pick up on the fact that she really focuses on helping making sure people make it home though she almost seems to push you all hard because she doesn't want anyone to be weak and to perish on her watch mm -hmm. dennis on the other hand he kind of is more of the spirit of the law 
person like yeah the rule is 10 o'clock lights out my light is out but i might cast mage light so i can keep reading my book um he gets up on time he gets there but he's usually like more about like let's make sure that they understand why they're here and help them to like work hard because of that goal and so they actually are a fairly good combination of balancing each other out mm -hmm. where one's kind of the iron fist and one of them is kind of the merciful hand of helping you train okay. but since they kind of sleep and are housed separately than you all you're not necessarily able to pick up on any specific details of their personal life just because you only get to really interact with them from a peer to a tutor perspective. Um, <clears throat> at some point in this training, um, I'd probably grab the group together. Uh, does anyone have a way of locating a specific person or a, possibly an object or something? I don't think so, no. Uh, you could always ask around. If they're a fiend, celestial, or undead, yes. Ah. <laughs> uh, that probably won't help. Um, all right, well, thanks anyway. It's not important. Um, <clears throat> I will. Uh, what? She, as you know, I just as you would have turned away, a lie would have just mumbled under her breath and just said, "Liar." Yeah, and Baron turned around and said, "What?" <laughs> oh, uh, nothing. Hmm. Um. Okay. Okay, I will find Pinky separately. Okay. Alone. Pinky, would you like to play a trick with me? Yes. All right. Well, we're going to leave here tonight. We're going to leave? Where are we going? To the city. Why? I have to find someone. Okay. Who is it? Oh. Uh, it's this girl. A girl you like? He's not going to say anything. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, okay, okay. She's gonna follow along, be happy about it. So, uh, I'm gonna do something pretty dumb. I'm gonna talk okay. to Aletho and Dennis, and they're gonna let us out. Oh! Why would they do that? Because I'll phrase it in a way that it's a trial for us. Ah, I see. Based off what I've seen, they want to help us achieve our goals, and 
as far as I'm aware, anytime uh, vigils are out and about, they uh, they want to do a job quickly and thoroughly. And many a times they've there's no telling how long or how quickly they can do it. So, you know, by giving us a challenge of pushing ourselves to get to a certain location and back before a certain time frame, perhaps we can we can persuade them to let us do that. Sounds good to me. Fun. So I I'll I'll talk to them about stipulations, but we'll get out. Whether they like would like us to or not. Do it. So do it. Um <laughs> I'm assuming at that point you kind of choose your the right moment during mm-hmm. training, like maybe during a time when there's a little bit of a lull, a little bit of a break, catch your breath, and you approach Dennis and Quetho. So here's the thing. Uh, you're going to let me out tonight. And um, I'm going to go to the city. Make a persuasion check. With disadvantage. Because I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no! Persuade? Wait, what was it? Persuasion. Uh, that's gonna be a three. Three. That is like they're like kind of in mid conversation themselves, talking about training and stuff like that. They both like catch their breath, like and look at you, like and then look at each other, like I just heard that, and then they look back at you, and then they they both like Kletho starts giving a hearty laugh, like <laughs> and continues on. And it's almost almost kind of a mocking, and then um then is at first he t- kinda of travels, then after a little bit he kinda of gets a little uncomfortable with how hard Coletho's laughing. He's like, hmm. <laughs> um and she finally kinda of wipes her eyes and said, huh, why on this green patch of an island, do you think I'd ever let you out? Is Pinky there? Is Pinky there? You said that you would go and do I it. I said that I would go do it, but if you follow the law, like if you kind of happen to be there when this happened, then that's kind of on you. I'll let you decide. I that. mean, I think Pinky would like to be there when it happens. <laughs> yeah. I'll okay. allow that. Okay. <clears throat> Well, the way I see it is uh, you want to make sure people get back safely. Wherever they're at. Yeah, that's true. I I believe that vigils, um, and you can kind of see she almost hesitates for a second there. The most important thing that we can do in our training is help you learn how important it is to make it home. That's very true. Well, then how about you let me test that? And let me make it home tonight before 6 a.m. So what you're proposing is you're going to leave here and do heavens know what throughout all of Oshto and then be back here at 
six in the morning easy i mean that is easy it sounds like you want to go out and party though that doesn't quite sound like something i would like someone who's going to train to do if i were to party i'll make sure he doesn't party i need to know why you need to go out i need to find someone someone like who like are are you looking to like go find a vigil and kill them or are you i need to know your intents because as of right now, it sounds like you're just coming to me with no obligation, no reasoning, and I don't want it on my hands that someone gets hurt because of your choice. I'm going to find someone a girl. that I'm caring for. And if you want, take all my weapons. I'll go naked out there if you want. I'll make sure I don't get seen by anyone. Interesting. And do you know what protects this? Of what protects Osho at night when everyone's usually asleep? No idea, but won't bother me. Fair enough. This is interesting. I am very intrigued. I would like you, instead of to do a charisma check based on your charisma, I'd like you to use your wisdom in being able to present your case for why you should be let out. Um, and Pinky, if you are assisting, yes, I would like you to roll as like not roll as well. You can give him advantage. Yes, I would like to give him advantage because <laughs> you do bring up some very like fair points, and she does find this genuinely amusing. Yeah, because you have no idea what you're getting. That was the whole point. Yeah, terrible. Uh, with advantage, it's a nine. Well, I do think that this is a fun idea. I just, I don't think that it's something I can allow under my watch. Sorry. Can Pinky... I'm not sorry. Can can Pinky kind of pull... uh, I forgot his name, the spirit of the law guy. What's his name? Dennis? We're talking to him too, right? Yeah, he's there. Um, at this okay. point, Kaletho would have assumed that the conversation is done and she would leave. Dennis kind of turns to go away and said, kind of shrugs. Piggy's going to pull the Dennis aside and kind of speak to him personally away from everybody else and say, <clears throat> so this, this seems to be very, very important to Baron. He came to me and asked me to help him. Otherwise, I don't think he would have asked anybody uh, because he's not that kind of person if it wasn't so important to him. There's some way you could make an exception for us? Please? I'd like you to do a persuasion check with advantage because that's, like, he is the one to talk to if you want to do something like this. With advantage. All right. That is a 23. Let's go. That's what we needed. (laughs) That's why Baron isn't the face, guys. (laughs) He's never been one, and he's. That's why he doesn't have a face. He just. (laughs) just So he kind of 
as he kind of thinks and ponders about it, he's like, I'll tell you what. If you are found, there's nothing I can do for you. If you were brought back here and disciplined, there's not much I can help with. But I will allow you to get out. I'll help you do that. It's up to you to get back in. Now remember, I'm not going to stay up all night, wait for you at that door. So if you're not in the training area by uh, 6 o'clock in the morning, that's up to you. That's not me. I'll, uh, I'll let you out of the door, though. Just going to flutter back to Baron and tell him the good news. He's going to help us. Okay. It's kind of a bigger stake because he's not going to help us get back in, but he's going to help us get out. Good enough for me. I, Pinky, we need to find someone that can locate a specific person or, or object. Otherwise, we might be out there for hours. Is there anyone in any of the other vigils groups that we've heard of that can do any of those things or let me see also, who has access is to... this can I say something it's out of it's just McKay talking um yeah like there are I, I believe me... in our party there's I think two people maybe that can get it on a long rest so had if they knew, if they know that, and they want to help, then I'd yeah. say that. Like, Just so okay. people I, know, I, I, have, I have an honest question, real fast. Yeah. So, as a druid, every long rest I can switch up my spells. Mm -hmm. Yes, but I currently don't have that spell. And I, I know we we switched the long rest, so it's not as long. But no, are you long rests are still the same length. It's short rests. But I have a I had approached you guys prior to this to this moment. And that's like I'd approached you guys earlier. So like maybe like a day before. Yeah. So just so you know, it's a second level spell for a locate object. Um and it's open to bard, cleric, druid, um, fighter, paladin, ranger, rogue, wizard. So if you have second level spells, uh you have access to this spell. So I'll be uh, right back. I don't know if Sorcerer has it though. Nope. Only Divine Soul Sorcerer. I'm sorry. So. I cannot help you. Okay. I'm Let me curious. Check. Is there some kind of a I know the vigil are like the good guys, but like among the vigils, is there like a thieves? I don't know. Like, if I could contact some thieves within the lighthouse or wherever we're going, right? Would there be a chain of information there? Or is it just the vigils are all one thing? Just curious. I need you to do an investigation check. Okay. For information. <laughs> Let's hope I roll high. <laughs> that is a natural one. All right, you look for some sort of science. You even think to use your thieves' can't ability. 
to be able to look for maybe hidden messages left by people who come from similar backgrounds, you're not able to find anything as of yet. All right. Okay. Well, yes, Tori? So I have the ability to change my spells every 24 hours. Mm -hmm. But, like, if they're doing this secretively, then I wouldn't know, so I probably couldn't help, right? Well, I had asked, so I don't know if you heard this, I had asked, like, a day or two prior if any if anyone has a way of locating a person or a specific object. I could have answered that I have, like, the ability to do that if I know in advance. So that's not one that she keeps. Sure. Ready. Um. Okay. And I would have, if if you had mentioned this, like at some point, then I would have asked you to get that spell ready. Nicely. Ooh. Hey, can you? Uh... <laughs> Would you be willing to help me? <clears throat> yes, absolutely. to say please. <laughs> so then, all I would need to do is prepare the the spell. Then, right? Yeah, uh, you would have plenty of time to do that. This would be a, a prior engagement. Okay. That he would ask you. Perfect. As long as Baron acts nicely, I don't think that Adelaide would have any problem assisting. He didn't ask not nicely. Exactly. That's that's so. nicely for Baron. <laughs> we do not understand where he's coming from. Or like where people their their tone, who they are. Seems like he's he's trying his best. <laughs> so then um that night um i'll pull ren aside um kind actually i'll pull i'll pull ren uh adelaide and pinky aside mm -hmm. okay um so the dennis guy he uh he's gonna help us get out and maybe help us get back in if we're fast enough um, I know I haven't really explained a whole lot, but um, we're 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 heading to the city. Me, Pinky, and Adelaide. If if you'll come, I'd, I'd appreciate your assistance. And uh, Ren, I I want you here because uh, I was hoping that you could cover for us in case anyone in our group or anyone asks any questions. Um, yeah, I can do that. I I don't know if I really understand what's going on, but... It's okay, you don't need to. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, alright, well, when I talk to... Um, oh, I forget her name. Not Dennis, the other lady. Kaletho? Kaletho. I said that we'd bring no weapons, so we're all traveling light tonight. So everyone empty out whatever you're carrying. We're going just... Just our feet, shoes, I guess for you, pinky wings. And we're going as quick as we can 
in and out. They're not technically weapons, so Piggy's going to bring her juggling balls. Just for fun. You can definitely bring your juggling balls. <laughs> so, I'd even ask, like, Adelaide, I, uh, it's probably best if you don't bring your armor. And I'll also take off my armor and go, com just, we're going as light as possible. Just in normal traveling clothes. Pretty much, yep. Cool. But my under armor traveling clothes that I have currently, should I change into other clothes that wouldn't be so unfortunate to wear out in public? Maybe, oh, do we have time for me to stop back by the barracks so that I could change? Are you going to stand out with what you're changing into? a little bit more elegantly. Um, well, I mean, what time did you approach them? About I imagine I'd approach them a little bit before we were gonna go out. So I imagine that we should have a little time, not like a lot, but right about thirty minutes. Yeah. yeah. Here's the question: Do you think Adelaide can change in thirty minutes? Absolutely. And that's up to you, Tori. I think she could. She knows okay. exactly what outfit she's thinking of. Like, oh, perfect. One picked out. She's prepared. Then. She is. Um, Pablo. Thank you. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no worries. Pablo will, uh, as he kind of sees you guys whispering uh, and talking about leaving, he's like, Hafana uh, part, you want me to come? Sorry, Pablo. You're going to have to sit this one out. He looks defeated. You would have no doubt about it. What was that, Tori? Oh, sorry. I said you would have done excellently on this mission, Pablo. I have no doubt about it. Final part, thanks. I, I appreciate that. And then he, he kind of doesn't really know what to do with himself, and he kind of just walks towards the barracks. <laughs> what, what was facing? I was just saying, I know a bold wouldn't be near she was researching and stuff like that, but could, would she be able to see if she was moving towards the dorms or whatever they're called? The, the barracks. Getting together or planning something? Um, it's okay if you say no, it's fine. I feel like if you stayed late into the night, like it's probably around this time close to nine when this is uh, kind of happening. So it's, it's past dark. That's kind of the time that you feel like you'd be heading back towards the dorms then. That's the time that you're heading back towards the dorms. But I think I would just would yes. not say that. So I'll just go back to the dorm and since they're gathering, I'll do some investigating myself, but in the dorm. Okay. So that's neighbor. What are you going to say, Aliyah? I'm going to say, does Aliyah know anything about this, or did you keep this from Aliyah? I kept this from Aliyah, 100%. She seemed like a snitch to me. Moss knows about this, right? No, you said that you couldn't help. He knows that he asked if you could locate something, but that's all. That's Yeah, you would know that, but then all this would be private conversations probably mostly individually until kind of just a, this last kind of group of like, okay, we're getting ready to head out. Sounds good then. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, they knows that this is against the rules. Um, I don't know how did Pinky and Baron kind of pitch it to you. Because you know what you know. I, I would... Because Baron just asked if anyone had the ability to locate things, and then he asked would I be willing to help. And now she's meeting them, and they're, they're saying that so-and-so is going to let them out, but not back in. So... I said they'd let us back in. If we were quick enough. Okay, I'm okay. 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 So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that maybe Adelie doesn't fully comprehend that this is breaking the rules. She thinks yeah. that we got a special exception, and she's being helpful. We did get a special yeah. exception. Um, <laughs> and you know it's Dennis who's opening up the door, so you assume that this is some sort of night training going on. Gotcha. Um. As Pablo and Ren head back towards the dorms, um, you all kind of looking, are getting ready and stuff like that. Um, I think Opal's a little bit preoccupied right now, so. Oh yeah, like jazz. <laughs> Eli, would you have snitched on him? No. Nah. No. Well, I'm just wondering. I'm not saying like that's a bad thing or a good thing. I'm just yeah, it's, she probably would have warned against it, but she would. I mean, you guys are like. Here's the thing. There, there's a time like because we all so this, the way this is working out is like when we're all supposed to be going back to our dorms you guys are going to no essentially notice that Pinky, Adelaide and Baron aren't in their beds in the door that we all can see like we're all right there so like Ren just kind of walks in with Pablo and kind of <laughs> sits down doesn't really know what to do so like it's not like it will take much deducing to figure out something's going on. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. We'll do our own thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, first off, we're going to take a quick break before we get into this. Okay. Um, just five minute quick little thing, um, since it's already about halfway. Um, Kyle, do you have your thing first tonight? Uh, your thing tonight? Your yeah. Yeah. previous engagement? Okay, so what we'll do once we're back from break, what will probably end up happening is have let you, Moss, Opal, Alaya, um, with Pablo and Ren, kind of do some role-playing, just so that way you can be here, and then we'll move on to Adelaide, Pinky. They should also talk about any of their... Is, oh, yes. they trained on if they have specific stuff. I should do that for the last one since this is kind of more out of the realm of what we've been doing. So we'll hit up um, it'll, it'll work out because um, both Adelaide and Moss and 
Alaya and Baron are together on what they were doing. Uh, Ren was also trained by Galen. Um, but since he's not here, we're not going to go into too many details on what happened. He was, um, we'll save that for maybe another time if possible, or we'll just kind of say that that's fine. Anyways, let's go to a break. But I can perform that. So my go-to dance move is the one step to the left, one step to the right, one step to the left. Something sweet. Do you want to get some cupcakes? Then you switch it up and you like double up on a side, so you're like... Left, right, left, right, 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 left, right, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. It's a job done. That's a good one. That's a really good one. I like it. I'm proud. Well, I think we're all ready to jump back into it. Um, like I was saying, we're going to start off doing um, training. We're going to start with Moss and Adelaide for their training. Um, so you both are actually called into the same training group um, one morning as you meet in the arena, and your teacher is going to be Kletho herself. As you and it's probably one of the larger groups uh, of people, and you notice that most of them aren't necessarily like clad in armor uh but there are a few just like you um adelaide who are like clerics fighters that have armor and stuff like that she says all right listen up you all have been given the assignment to learn how to not get hit as easily in a sense or to use your defenses for your advantage whether you have some or you have none, as you have points towards, like, a guy at the front is, like, your archetypical wizard with the pointy hat. He's like, huh? Some of you have spells like mage armor and shield. Some of you have actual armor and shields. Some of you don't have either. That's okay. We're hopefully going to train you in this little stint on how to use what you have better. So, I want you to break up. For those who wear armor and shield, go that way. To the left. For those who use um, more arcane reasons, go that way. For those who don't fit either group, stay here in the middle. Which way do you guys go? Yeah, Moss is going to stay in the middle. Okay. Um... Adelaide will head towards the armored section um, at the moment. Moss, um, at this time, you see that um, Paletho takes it a moment and kind of breathes in. And as she kind of breathes out, you see her form kind of separate into three. Um, as it almost looks to be some sort of magic allowing her to make copies of herself to um, do this next thing. You're not sure if she actually is harnessing the magic or if it's something that she's um, using like a scroll or a spell or someone else is doing it for her. Basically, each one of these 
Kalethos comes up in one of the groups. And the one that comes up to you, Moss, says, all right, you that don't really necessarily have armor or don't use um, magical means to kind of circumvent that, your biggest goal really is just to not get hit. You're not really meant to be taking hits anyways. That's a bad idea. It hurts. Trust me. So for you all, it's important to be able to take someone's blow and use it for your advantage to, in a sense, parry. To not be able to be hit. So, are there any of you who would be willing to demonstrate this or be my helper by trying to hit me? Okay. Moss would look around. How many people are sort of in this circle or in this group? There's probably about 10 people. All right. Moss is, Moss is just going to like try to not make eye contact and try not to be seen. Yeah. Um, I'm going to roll a d10. If it lands on a 10, she points at you. <laughs> it was a 2. She points to what looks to be kind of a thinner man who is wearing kind of like the Shakespearean pants with like kind of the, the bonnets. He looks to be some sort of bard. He has a plume in his hat. Um, he says, you! Come here! And he kind of looks at her. Oh! Why, of course! And he walks up and uh, he pulls out kind of a, a fancy skinny rapier uh, and he while well, he looks like he's trying to show an air of confidence he looks like he's utterly terrified um he is going to try to swing and hit uh Kaletho. um as he kind of comes up and swings she doesn't even move because she realizes that he rolled an eight plus like two, or plus a four, and that's not even close to her on the glass. And so she's like, it just kind of dings off. He's like, a little bit more emphasis this time. Looks, trying to cover up his embarrassment, he'll try again. With this one, he is able to get a little bit better purchase. And as he kind of comes with a thrust forward, she's going to use what looks to be kind of a hand axe at her side that she is going to whip out and kind of grab around the blade and then pull it to the side as he tries to attack, pinning the weapon kind of into the ground, making it to where it does not make contact with um, with her. She says, ah, that was a little bit better. You should probably practice that more if you plan on using it ever in a fight. This is kind of the idea that we're trying to go for. We're going for an idea of being able to redirect someone's attack with whatever means you have possible, whether it be your hands, whether it be your own weapon. The idea is to be able to block and instead of trying to stop the hit, redirecting the hit so that it does not cause damage. With this, you spend the next couple weeks practicing um, practicing moss to be able to use your obsidian dagger as a means of defense in case someone gets too close 
just like that one skeleton um when you first had your your trial stabbed you in the thigh you you feel pretty confident that you know how to block something like that now at least give yourself a better odd of not getting stabbed like that during your training the same bard guy is kind of pinned up against you uh and he's going to try and make an attack to see if you're able to perform well with your newfound ability. So, he rolled a 15 to hit. Perfect. Is it just that is that is the one number that requires Moss to use his reaction as he pulls an obsidian dagger and like reflects the blade off of him. Yeah, I literally rolled an 11 plus 4. So oh, that, that is like the one number to make this actually happen. So like... Yeah, Moss, Moss uses... Um, oh, why am I struggling on the name right now? I know the name. Defensive Duelist. Yes, sorry. So Moss uses Defensive Duelist, his reaction, and just... Yeah, as Moss. you see... The same rapier kind of coming down weeks after pra of practicing this has heightened your ability. Even though your body seems old, it is very fresh and very able to move quickly as you um, almost inhumanly move and knock it out of the way, um, leaving yourself in a better position and unscathed. Um, I have a question for all of you. Can you hear the music? No. Weird. It's can you hear the music now that is so weird it says that's in there and should be playing let me see if it's muted sorry guys a little bit of technical difficulties Oh, let me try something. I think, I'm hearing something, but I don't know if it's coming from the radio or background music from you. I think it's coming from the radio. Let me try something. I'm going to try to reload the app, and sometimes that may be usually the problem is I had it already reloaded <laughs> loaded up, and so that way you can't hear music. I'm still trying to figure out how my soundboard thing works, so bear with me. I'm sorry, okay. Let me know if you can hear that. Yep, I can hear that really well. You can hear it? Joy? Mm -hmm. Awesome. David, you can't hear it though? It's turned down really low, so you might have to go into the radio thing itself, click on it, and then turn up the, the volume to hear it. Okay, yeah, I got it. Awesome. All right, with that aside, that's probably why we didn't have music last session on the recording. Uh, that's probably why. So, dang it. That's okay. Now we got music. All right. Um, Tori, are you in a position to also do your training?
If not, we can move on to... Yes. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So you were also brought over to a group, kind of similar means as Moss. Um, and this Galetho kind of comes up to you and starts explaining for you all that know already how to use what armor, it's important to be able to actually know how to use them effectively. Well, armor by itself can be great. If you know how to use it properly, it can take it from being great to being a game changer. So, for instance, can I have someone uh, try to hit me? Oh, perfect. Come here. As you kind of step forward in front of everyone else, I would like you to do your best to strike me. I can't quite understand that, Corey. Sorry. No worries. Kinda, it's still a little quiet. But we can do our best. Okay. If I that's good. talk like this, not good. Yeah, that's great. Okay. <laughs> um I I just asked uh would you like me to use um a weapon or magic? Uh for this attack, let's use a weapon. Hey, she's going to take her great sword and take a swing. Or, oh. sorry. Um, what's your attack? What's your hit? Um. Or what did you roll? I mean. A nine. A plus nine. four. So that is a thirteen. A sixteen. So, oh, 13. So with a 13, as you kind of bring it down, and she doesn't even move. She doesn't even try to flinch. Um, the Your greatsword kind of comes down and hits her armor on one of her pauldrons, um, glancing off of it. And you can tell that right at kind of the last moment, she was able to move and place the blow of the blade to be in a position uh, that would cause less damage. For those who are going to focus primarily on just heavy armor, she says, I'll help you learn how to use your armor effectively in order to take less damage. Now, um, what's your name? As she points back to you, Adelaide. Adelaide. Do you know any magic? I do. Perfect. I want you to cast a spell at me. One that would cause me to have to dodge or something along those sorts as she grabs a shield kind of off of a weapon stand next to you. Okay. Well, then Adelaide is going to cast... Hmm. 
Would, would sacred flame be, be one that she could? Yeah, that's a perfect one. Okay, so Adelaide will cast sacred flame. All right. She will roll. What did, uh, what did you, what's your save? The save is 12. 12? Mm-hmm. Right. She did not roll very good on her <laughs> She's like trying to show how awesome it is. She rolled a six plus two plus her shield to AC, which is two. So she only got 10. It's supposed to be kind of a cool moment. As she kind of raises her shield, and gets ready and you cast sacred flame the way sacred flame works is that instead of shooting a blast at someone it's more along the lines of it just envelops someone uh and they have to try to dodge out of the way she wasn't prepared mentally to not see something coming towards her and you're actually able to get a pretty good hit on her roll for damage oh uh uh, five. Okay. Uh, with that, she goes, wow. Um, actually, with that, the image of her vanishes as it takes damage. She kind of looks what? up. The original one kind of looks over there and is almost like, oh, wow. Kind of stunned. Um, and kind of walks over and says, well... Looks like you uh, were able to destroy my major mirror image, but that's okay. Well, I was about to say if it hadn't have been not as good as it should have been, is that it'll teach you basically how to use a shield better. Um, I'll work on getting its replacement. Give me one second. Um, anyways, she can't stand there like, oh, wow. Good job, Allie. My apologies. Huh? My apologies. Um, you will gain the Shieldmaster um, feat. So, with that, we're going to move to Baron and Elias. We're going, to, we're going to do the live first. That's all right. So, Alaya, you are called into a classroom, and you see the Goliath man that had been with uh, Galen, the one that had written, had written on the back of the cart when you were picked up from your your homes. Mm-hmm. You know him as Kavek Five Lives. He has been part of the vigils for quite some time. You've seen him around. You've seen him in the the commons where you worked with Gurland uh, quite frequently and stuff like that. He um, is kind of known for being almost a man of many traits. And though he looks... And it comes from a militaristic background. He seems like he almost has experienced 
quite a lot of what the world has to offer. Um, he kind of sits you down, and I think you would probably be the only person in the room, kind of like a situation with Opal. Um, it's good to see you again, uh, Aliyah. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing good. That's good. So, with your test and kind of what happened with Nigel, we talked. Um, And we decided that something that might be important to help you with, um, since you've been, you spent almost all your life here in the, uh, in Osho and in the lighthouse, it might be important to gain a better sense and appreciation for other cultures. Okay. With that, something that I've learned to help me appreciate things is, um, learning different languages and learning how to understand people a little bit better, more coming to where they're coming from. Okay. We, we hope this will help you kind of be able to some ways relate better to not only the people that you're with, but to the outside world as you go out there as a vigil. Um, I've spent many of my years learning different languages and dialects, and so I, I kind of have a list here of the ones that I know. Um, I'd like you to choose three of them to focus on, and we'll work on that. And as well, with that, we're going to work on helping you learn how to encode secret messages. Because this can be important, no matter what language you're speaking in, on being able to convey information among your team and convey information that has to pass other people. Mm -hmm. um, it's important. We usually like to train eventually someone on a team to be able to do something akin to this. Okay. Yeah, I think I can do that. Do you have any questions? Um, no, I mean, it kind of seems straightforward part of the languages. Um, what Did you already choose the languages that you were going to learn? Uh, that's what I'm looking for right now. Um, I did, but, ah, okay, so, um, I was going to learn Gnomish, Halfling, and Draconic. Okay, awesome. Good deal. So with this time, Quebec also kind of explains a little bit about their cultures as he kind of helps teach you. That way you, it's a little bit easier to understand where these people are coming from. You learn that while gnomes and halflings are fairly like somewhat seen, like seen as similar races, they both have kind of different backgrounds. Gnomes are seen more as industrialized, industrial, um, kind of go-getters. They put themselves in a situation where they usually are either tinkerers, builders, fabricators, they, or planners, people that like to get things done. Um, 
it's kind of part of their culture in a sense. And so a lot of their terminology and stuff like that is usually centered around either building or working or um, something along those senses. And so you're able to kind of pick up how, if you were to phrase something, how you can make it seem more gnomish rather than just being kind of generalized. Okay. Though you do know that there are different types of gnomes and stuff like that. Um, some of them are more towards the tinkering, some of them are more towards nature-based. Though they still kind of have the same underlying ideas of it's important to be productive, to be able to um, accomplish things. Um, Athlings, on the other hand, they are a lot more laid back and calm compared to gnomes. Gnomes are have outgoers. Halflings are more of the one cousin who just kind of likes to chill and vibe, in a sense. Um, though you do understand that one of their biggest things about them is it's believed that halflings are innately blessed with luck. Um, it's basically a gift that their god gave to them that separates them from most normal people is instead of being just like having to go and do things they almost have this innate luck that helps them become who they are or helps them to accomplish their goals and lastly with draconic draconic is a very hard language it's something that um in it kind of shows almost a little bit of the mind of dragons. Dragons themselves are very powerful and they are kind of split between usually good aligned or evil aligned. And so while some of them almost in a sense of kind of how when Ren was talking about Daruth, the god of um, kings or the god of tyranny, there's almost these, this two-sided part to Draconic. When you're talking, you can either put it in conversation of almost a regal-esque talking to servants in that way, way, or in another sense, you can talk to servants who must do your bidding. And so it's interesting that Draconic has that duality of you can have your tone be good aligned or evil aligned. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you would like to do with training? I didn't ask um, Adelaide or Moss. Um, no, but we can also start that next time. So I'll, I'll ask you right now. I'm chilling. Okay. You don't want to do any of the research um, for specific skills? I mean, the only research I would really want to do is probably perception. And maybe Arcana? Okay. Do you want those to be specific inspiration things that you're researching? Or more of just the general ones? Uh, just the general. Okay. It will be a harder DC. That's fine. As you know. Um, you're gone? Okay. Take care, Kyle. Bye, Kyle. Bye, Kyle. Bye.
Roll um, your perception and your arcana. First perception, then arcana. Oh, it's thrown out. Perception. Uh, oh, crap, dude. Alright, you know what? My computer's wigging out. So I'm gonna roll physical bites. What do you know? Because I have that found up today. Let's see. That was... Um, da, 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 perception 18. Dang. Yeah, that's the DC. So, with some time studying and researching, you're able to spend time being able to... It might just be because you're studying the ciphers and looking for clues and hints, um, things that kind of stand out. But that leads you to be able to help kind of focus in on looking around you in the surrounding area, trying to perceive and look at things that might stand out that have more detail than just your average look through. You notice things about the other recruits. You notice things about your even the mannerisms of your teammates and stuff like that a little bit easier. And you feel like you kind of have a better grasp of being able to perceive things that aren't necessarily obvious. Okay. Um, and then with Arcana, I actually kind of want to direct it. I don't know how you would want to rule it, or I think Lyle would be interested in creating her own secret language mm. but turning it into a way where it's not really a secret secret language but it's like she'll write a letter but the letter will be imbued with magic to where when it gets into the hands of the person that she wants it to get to this it, it would activate basically activate the spell and the letters would rearrange into the actual um note that makes sense that does make sense i'm pretty sure that there is a spell that does that already i don't um, know if there is or not but do you know the name of it okay um, and if so we can kind of base this around some things i really like the idea and we'll we're going to work on this we're going to work with this all right i want to know if there is a spell so that way i can there is, I know there is. Let me see if I can find out. Is it a illusory script? I think so, yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. Alright, so I would like you to do... Basically, what you're looking for with your Arcana check is to be able to understand if you can kind of imbue yourself with the knowledge of how to do this. Okay. If you're able to do this, I'll allow you to take this spell um, and have it be one that you have prepared, though the DC will be high. Um, what it will either do is, if you get it, depending on the how well you do, it may be something that you work towards with time. Mm -hmm. If you roll really well, it's something that you'll get right off the bat that you can get during this training. But right. it'll probably take a few times. What uh, what level is the spell? It's a first level spell. Oh, okay. So All right. It's one that is within your range. Here if it go. wasn't within your range, then I would have kind of explained things a little differently. All right. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> What's your DC? 
What did you roll? I rolled a 23. So the DC to outright get it was a 25. Okay, okay. So with a 23, you're well on your way to being able to understand how to do this um, and gaining the arcane knowledge, almost instilling it yourself through your sorceress ways um, with being able to understand trolls and things like that. You don't feel like while you're not a wizard, it's not something that just comes supernaturally to you. It takes time to be able to understand and kind of regain these things. And so I was thinking you'd have five points and depending on how high you roll, depending on how many points you get, right. I'd say you got three of the five right now. All right. So you need two more points and the DC for getting two is easier than getting three so yeah all right cool cool awesome man is there anything else that you want to do i think that's the that's two it. things that you can check yeah. so awesome with that baron we're not going to do your training yet we're going okay. to do your thing first if that's all right with you sure so with you pinky and adelaide you've met up in the hallway it's about this time as you guys have about to head out, you see Opal walking down the hallway towards you. Okay. Opal, you see um, three of your friends stay, standing. Are you outside the dorm, or are you... What time is it right now? It's, it's nine, 9 o'clock. So what time is curfew? Curfew, like yeah. light time is at 10. It's usually like they want you in your dorms, or heading to your dorms right now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm just... I imagine that we're heading, kind of getting out towards the door. I don't know what time um, Dennis asked us to meet him, or how he just said that he'd unlock it for us, essentially. Mm -hmm. So You would have said probably before... Curfew? Curfew. Okay. We're probably on our um, way. You, you might be tipped off a little bit, because Pinky's wearing black instead of her normal pink. So... <laughs> Aaron, so, some if whatever extra clothes are in that area, he's also wearing something a little dark colored. Yeah, I know Adelaide has a special outfit, but I don't know if she's listening. Continue on though. Yes. Anyway, thank you, moving. I'll start to make um, bird call noises. Let's hear them. Oh, oh, oh. It's like Pinky will respond. Okay, <laughs> I just didn't hear it, but wait. Um, oh, would y'all over my way? Baron's just gonna keep moving. Would Pinky look my way? Pinky would look your way, yes. She'd probably even okay. wave. Okay, but Opal. she knows they're they're on a mission, so she's not gonna stop. Okay, so you're like walking backwards, like float, yeah. floating backwards. Like, yeah. oh, hey, I'm gonna make signs of like. 
<laughs> what are you trying to let Pinky know? What are you? <laughs> I'm nothing. I'm just being silly. Oh, you're just being silly. I'd like you to do an inside check. Okay, let's make an inside check. Could you do a performance check for me as well? Insight? That is a 10. <laughs> that is a 14. You very well execute hand signs. You know that you're not meaning anything by it. Pinky, you can't quite tell if she's meaning anything by it. It's like... It looks like it's maybe conveying information, <laughs> but you're like, I don't know what she's talking about. Yeah, it's just for funsies. Will, yeah, Piggy will <laughs> sign back like, hey, we're going to do a, a, a trick. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Anyways, but then she'll turn around. <laughs> Say that, like, as she's signing it. <laughs> uh, no, she just probably signs okay. it. <laughs> just kind okay, of like, well, right before you turn around, she'll just sign off. Um, oh, well, I, would like to, I would like Pinky to do a performance check and you to do an um, insight check to see if you can understand her insights. Dang it! <laughs> performance? Yeah. Oh, man. That's a seven. I got a 21. A 21. And you got a seven. Yeah. <laughs> so you were basically trying to let her know that you you guys are going to pull a trick. Yeah. A secret mission to do a trick. Right? Yes. You understand that she's talking something about a secret muffin? <laughs> and it is like the shtick or the stick. And you're really confused with what she's trying to say. Okay. I just <laughs> Sandwich, num num. Yeah, yeah. See you later. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we'll take out his understanding and she'll <laughs> continue yeah. on. Both nod and like good conversation. Not really tempted to name this episode <laughs> Secret Muffin Operation Secret Muffin. <laughs> Awesome. Oh. I'll pull out the door and do your own research. Awesome. Get okay. Perfect. With that, you all three head towards the door. Um, standing there is Dennis, who is it seems to be just kind of standing there, content content his um furbo features almost kind of looks sagged from a hard days of training people and stuff like that. He looks pretty tired. Um, he, as you all approach, he looks up and says, Oh, well, I'm glad that you made it. His voice changed again. Um, he will say, I would, um, I would be back with, as reasonably before six as possible. I wouldn't push my way. He opens the the door. You can see he waves his hand in the the arcane sigil that's kind of binding it for a moment kind of disappears as the door kind of swings a little bit open as he kind of pushes it and says, Now, be careful. I wouldn't want to be caught if I were you. 
I'm going to go to bed. Good night. And as you three exit, he shuts the door behind you. You see the seal slowly working its way back together as it um, looks to be only dispelled for just a time. Well, there's no turning back now. Let's go. Um, let's. Good job. Yeah. Uh, yes. Let's let's go. Um, Where are we going? To the upper swells. Right. Put it down somewhere. Yep. We're heading to the upper swells. It's it's near when where we came in, I believe. Near the lighthouse. So we got about. Mm, Based on the car ride here, it took us two hours car travel? One hour car travel. Um, it was like two hours of car travel. It was going particularly fast. Yeah. Because yeah, you guys asked him to slow down. We did ask him to slow down. To give you all the, the world grand tour. Spinley knows how to how to tell tales. Anyways. I think we can make it by foot on foot. If we're going at a moderate pace, probably in three hours or sooner. Make a survival check um, as you're kind of thinking about moving and stuff like that. Unnatural 20. Unnatural 20. So, you know, due to stealthing, things like that, moving at a moderate pace is a normal walk to it. You feel like with a moderate pace, you'd be able to get there around, like you said, three hours, somewhere between two to three hours. If you're going to stealth the way there and actually take your time and be quiet, you're going to have to double that time, almost like six hours to get there. Because if I remember correctly, the rules of traveling while stealthing is... And so you can go out there, you can walk, but you will not have the benefits of being hidden all the time. All the time. So if you're going to do it quickly, you'll have a greater chance of being spotted. Just so you know, this is what you're able to glean from your mind. Are there people actively watching for people? Or can we, like, sneak away from the base, walk a normal pace, and then start sneaking when we get close to the... Yeah, that's all I would do. I think we we go slow at at first until we finish, until we figure out our bearings, and then we pick up the pace a bit to more normal, and then we uh, slow down once we get into the city Mm -hmm. and just see what it's like. Yeah, fair enough. Um... I would like someone to do a history check for me, or nature. Terrible at nature. I don't know if you're any Let's better, see. Pinky. I can try it. Uh, let's see. What was that, Tori? Tori? I, a, a history check? Yes. I can do a history check. Okay. Why is that a plus two? That should be a plus. 16? 
good to know. Were you still making one? Joy, uh, were you going to make a, a check? Uh, yeah. Let's see. That was a 13, so. Was that nature or history? Uh, they're both the same. <laughs> Let's go nature, because I don't think Piggy would know much history. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, it just basically changes what you are focusing on. Right. As time goes on. And or what you focused on back when you were first traveling here. So you would notice, you'd remember, Pinky, when you're traveling here, there's almost kind of two separate sides to the kind of this little peninsula, not peninsula, this this portion of the island that this crater is sitting on raised up above. While it's very circular in fashion, to the west, west and the south lies the towns of Mangrove and the lower west. But to the north and east lies the lighthouse with the upper swells more in that direction. And then in the middle is where the small town of Waterside by the reservoir sits. Mm-hmm. Mostly to the northwest and the southeast is just farmland. Um, so, depending on how you want to go about it, you know that there'll be probably there's not a lot of, uh, that's basically what you get for with a nature check and stuff like that. You're like, oh, I remember this. Um, with your check, Tori, or with your check, Adelaide, I should say, you're able to remember as you were coming here, that the law of the farms weren't necessarily like thick crops. They were fairly small. Um, and you notice that the towns probably, now thinking back to it, would have probably kept good shelter from being line of sight. You can hide behind buildings, but there is a chance of more people and more things being able to spot you there. So that's kind of the choice that you all have to kind of ways whether it's better to try to take more cover among kind of the buildings and while there is still um farm ground between each of the the cities um there will be more cover in the sense of like that whereas if you go through the farmland it'll probably be more spaces where you're running through the open but there's less people to spot you Mm -hmm. I would uh, probably share that with the group. Is one faster than the other? One is better suited for sneaking. One is better suited for walking fast. You'd assume that going through farms is more likely to be quicker because you're not going to be ducking from building to building, watching out for people watching you as much. Mm. Uh, Perhaps we'll go through the farms and just keep an eye out, keep a low profile. Uh, I always forget her name, the the trainer lady. Kaletho? Kaletho. Kaletho mentioned that there was something potentially out here. Um, 
if we see it, since none of us have any weapons, just we'll either try to stay hidden or run away from it. Don't bother with trying to engage in it. So as you all kind of muster up your courage, you start heading your way through the town of Mandrove. It's very similar to what you'd seen before, where it's these shops, these um, kind of almost corner markets, these this place that almost looks like it's supposed to hold a festive, though as of right now, it, it's not doing so. It's um, simple. The streets have been swept clean of any debris that would have been left by parties and festivals and such. And you notice that most of the houses have lights off. Some of them are on. Um, how would you like to travel through this portion of it while you're in Mangrove? Does it look like there's other people walking around? Um, it is 9.30 at night. I would say there's not terribly many people because there's not a lot to do this late at night, but you would see a couple people walking around um, just going about their business. Um, I would say it's better for us to kind of, instead of getting up in one group, look like we're like, do do we kind of just spread out and stagger ourselves and almost just look like we're walking through at a just, we're just minding our own business just like everyone else. Okay. Sounds good. What was Adelaide's outfit, by the way? <laughs> okay, she has on this. The, it's her sneaking outfit for sneaking. It's for being like, super quiet? Yes, for being super stealthy and quiet, but still fashionable. So it's like this black top, long sleeve that kind of go over the hands, a lot of hood on it. But then there's like little tiny silver stars that are like embroidered around all of the seams. Very cute. Um, with a matching pants. And her shoes are like, they're like boots. But they're like made of like a soft leather to aid in being super duper sneaky. And she's got her pearly hair tied back in a little braid. And he, that's it. That's but awesome. She has all of her hair ornaments in that are very sparkly and shiny. So, but like there was an effort to put the hair back. So, plus. That's that a plus. That's a plus. Um, you're very grateful that you packed your stealth boots made by Cobbler and Cobbler and Sons. Um, <laughs> they are very well fitting. Um, you had them tailor made for your feet only. Um, and it's been a while since you've worn them because you don't really have very much stealthing to do. And so it's kind of exciting to be able to pull out this outfit and use it um, again. So. The last Don't time succeed. that he used it, it was for um, to dress up like a ninja at a party. So yeah. it's a costume party outfit. <laughs> it's, a, it's a costume. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Fashionable, multiple uses. I I can't see a problem with this. 
Look, if she's practical, if she's gonna buy an outfit for any occasion, it's gotta be the real deal. She's not just gonna dress up as a ninja, as if, as like the idea of a ninja. She's gonna buy the clothes that a ninja would buy and be the ninja. Would you consider that LARPing? Oh no. Um, would I consider LARPing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to consider that larping. No. Okay. Good to know. I, I just I need to understand where she's coming from. Alright. The merry band kind of separates a little bit and starts walking um their ways. I, I would like you guys to do a blend check. Um to a blend, blend in if you're you're walking. This could either be like a straight charisma roll, or this could be, in the sense, a perception. No, not perception. Either charisma or wisdom, as you're counting. Not 20. What about like a performance? Uh, could it be a performance check? It could be a performance. We'll just say it's charisma. I was trying to be soft for you, but if you got a nat 20, I'm not going to be soft. I got negative 2 charisma. So 18. But it's a nat 20, so oh, they don't have like... It's just charisma. Uh, just charisma. Oh, 7... Or performance. 19? 19? Yep. That's wow, a 7. That's okay. Sounds good. I think he's not so good at this. <laughs> So this is how it's going to work. As you guys go through your scene. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Could she cast Disguise Self and get advantage on that? I will allow that. Yes. Thank you. That is so much better. That is a 24. That is a lot. Very much better. <laughs> yeah. So with... As you start to go and you realize that even though you're wearing black, you still have bright pink skin and bright pink eyes and bright pink wings. It might be better to, you know, do a little bit more covering up. And so, <laughs> what form do you change yourself into? Um, I would probably think back to the first person I saw just caught walking around the street, and I'll change myself into that person. Okay. You can only make yourself one foot taller or one foot shorter with right, self. so a shorter version of that. <laughs> yeah, you look like a preteen walking around late at night, but that's okay because you're blending in. A preteen that is three and a half feet tall. Well, you're only two and a half feet tall. I'm only two and a half feet tall. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're a child. <laughs> I'm a child. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good to know. As the merry band continues. The way this is going to work is there's basically an amount of successes don't cause anything bad to happen. Plans keep going well, going the way you want them. But as failures happen, you will start getting more and more have challenges happening. So even if you have one person fail on a check, it doesn't necessarily mean you're you're outed. It just means that things are probably going to start getting more difficult, and the more failures you get, the more difficult it will become until 
something happens. Okay. Cool. Once, um, once we get past kind of this area and we're more into, I believe, the farmland is next, right? Yeah, so you make your way through and you're able to reconvene uh, on the other side as you're hitting the edge of the mangrove mm-hmm. and looking out towards the town. I will say this. As you guys reach the edge of the town where there are sconces, there are lanterns set out to help light the path even though late into the night. You get to the farmland and it is pitch dark out there. Um, it looks like there's a sun overcast and the moon is hidden behind clouds. So, but the it, trail is lit. The trail is not lit. Oh, the trail is not lit. Everything, as you look out there, dark. Doesn't look like much travel on Oshito happens after dark, and that's that's just a cultural thing for all of Yavnians. You don't necessarily go out at night to travel right. unless you're usually doing something nefarious. Well, this will be fun. Uh, I'm assuming now you have a way of lighting the way that's discreetly. Um, I am checking. Let me... Sorry, pulling up my bells here. There it is. Did she, did she use it on me before? Um, I can't remember if she used it on you or something else, but it could have been. Um, I'd like you to do a history check. Or just a check. History check? Just a check. A check? Yeah, like just roll a d20. I rolled an 18. You, as you're thinking about this, you're able to kind of think of your ability where you're able to grant someone else dark vision. Um, as he asks, like, do you have any way to light the, the path? Oh, um, I can just choose one person if I touch them, right? I think you can choose anyone in the circle, right? I think there's, yeah, I think you can choose multiple. I think you can get all of us, hmm. all three of us. I'm pretty sure. It's either like your proficiency bonus number of people, which would be the amount that you need to give it to. Okay, I I will do that then. Oh, uh, wow. I can see a lot further. You can see up to like 300 feet, right? Uh, yeah. It's 300 feet, but only lasts for an hour. But so she can do it multiple times, right? Um, she has, I think it's her child divinity that she can do it up to. So I think she has two. I can only do it once per long rest. Oh. I'm pretty sure. No. Uh, well, we better we better get moving. Um, yeah, I think we could probably pick up the pace a little bit. Pinky, if you want to, maybe keep a lookout. You, I think that you'll have a better shot if you can either stay up in the air with the clouds hidden, or um, Pinky doesn't have dark vision. You do now. I do now. Okay, you have for an hour. Thanks, Adelaide. You have three hundred feet of dark vision. Cool. Yeah, then Pinky will tuck her hair as best into her hood as she can and fly up and 
I just like to imagine that you look like someone else, and then you reach your hands oh, into okay. like oh. torso, <laughs> and then like start moving around, and then you just start flying out. No, no, no. <laughs> Adelaide, how long? How long does this vision last? An hour, Baron. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's an hour, Baron. <laughs> <laughs> um and then we'll we'll get moving. Okay, awesome. Um you're just big booking it, right? Yeah, I don't think we're like I mean it's complete pitch black. You're not here, like right? running. Yeah, but we're we're moving and I think um when we were in the cart we took the path. I think we can just cut right through the switchbacks, right? So yeah, you're gonna go across the fields and stuff like that. Yeah. So fields, while they are flat, they are growing plants and they are usually have ruts in them and stuff like that. So it's not as easy travel as just on the road. Oh. If that makes sense. Like you're, you're for one, you're going to have to go up and down yeah. the terraces. The terraces themselves are usually like close to like six feet tall, which is not bad. And then like with ruts in the in the fields themselves it's not like sure footing so it's i'm just warning you if you do you can do that and it'll probably give you a better chance of not being like spotted you. or seen because there's not necessarily very many people running out through the fields yeah since it's completely dark and we're not we don't have any light on us like we're literally just seeing in the dark i think it's actually probably pretty safe to stick on the road, but close to the field in case we need to, like, jump into the field. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. With that... Pinky's keeping an eye out, so... Extra eyes. I'd like to do... uh, Actually, I'd like... No, I'll let Pinky do this, because it's kind of just up to her, because you all are kind of around it, and she's the one that's been asked to do the eyes in the sky. I'd like you to roll a perception check. Maybe it shouldn't have been Pinky. <laughs> okay, natural 20. Oh, wow. Yo! <laughs> <laughs> Let's go! So, Pinky, once you get a little bit of height, you notice that every so often... There are figures on the road and throughout here walking. It looks like they're holding some sort of glowing torch, like even though the light isn't necessarily looks like it comes from fire. It's a little bit too bright and a little bit too white to be normal flames. Um, they seem to be almost surveilling the area. Not like super grouped together, but it almost looks more like guards policing that area, making sure that there's nothing going awry. No random monsters have somehow made it in to come here. Um, you're staying fairly far away, and none of them necessarily look like they're approaching. If any of them do look like they're going to approach your friends, you're able to quickly kind of warn them and stuff like that. Um, as one approaches, what do you tell them? And would you like to, are you going to get closer to get a better understanding of what they are? Like, how are the things that you're doing with kind of this information of you seeing some sort of guard? Um, um, guards patrol? Yeah, the, so Pinky is going to first warn her friends, make sure that they're okay. Um, 
And then I think Pinky might get a closer look. Not too close, but just like, I don't know. Just enough to, to kind of tell what it is. If it's a person, if it's a monster, if it's a... Something else. Sounds good. I would like you to do a stealth check as you kind of get a little bit closer. Okay. Another nat 20. Oh my god. I know! It's amazing! But that is very good. Yeah, you are able to approach, and you're actually able to get very, like, fairly close and get a good understanding of what this is. This looks to be some sort of automaton. Um, I'll show a picture of it here on my screen. Um, okay. Okay. Some sort of automaton made out of wood and metal. As he surveys the area, you can see him holding the torch, and you can see now that you're looking for what you're looking, you can see many different dots like this throughout all the areas, kind of surveilling. The, the surrounding region. You are able to tell that it's not necessarily like crazy perceptive, mm-hmm. but they do look like they're they would not be something that you'd want to find. Right. Um, cool. I'll give you for a nat 20. Holy cow. One is approaching your friends. Um, Baron and Adelaide, what are you what are you going to do as it's approaching? Um like I'd move into the forest into the crops. Okay. And then like get far like I imagine Pinky's described like how far the light kinda shines and like I'm assuming that that's how they're viewing things. So like I'd want to get far enough away where like the light wouldn't shine and then get low. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. The light shines out about what looks to be like 30 feet, 30 feet bright light, another 30 feet dim light, like usual. Or is that how big torches are? Is that their light radius? Uh, we do have 300 feet. Yeah. We can, we can see them. Yeah, you can see them from a good distance. Um, I was trying to think of what I was going to say. Yeah, so how far off path are you getting? I mean, I'll go 60 feet off the path if that's... You know what I'm trying to say. I know what you're trying to say. You're getting out of... Uh, line of sight. sight. Getting low and waiting for it to either pass or whatever. Alright. Uh, I'm assuming Adelaide's going to call both you. Yeah, I'd bring, I'd bring Adelaide. You both leave, head out among the field. Um, and as it passes slowly, you guys continue forward, moving ever closer. Um, I'd like someone to do kind of a survival check. Even though you have 
dark vision out there straight on the beat, still being able to kind of tell what direction you're moving ahead is important. And so I'd like someone to do a survival check. I'll do it. Not one. Not one. Not one will count as two failures. So, to kind of explain what's happening, um, Pinky, you're able to kind of help spot when creatures are coming. And it's actually quite a beautiful sight, these automatons with these bright lights that almost from where you're looking, you're looking down towards the dark landscape, seeing these lights moving on, they're almost like stars. In some ways, it's kind of magical, and the light that casts upon the fields around them are almost kind of like halos of some sort of divine being that you've never seen before. Um, it's somewhat mesmerizing, but you're able to kind of help your friends know when they're coming, when they're not, by keeping a lookout. And um, Baron, as you have set forward to go kind of knowing the direction you want to go, you start heading where you feel like is the right direction, but through the night, through heading on the path in different positions and stuff like that, you kind of get turned around a little bit um, to the point where you're not able to transverse this area as fast as you want it to. Um, I would like you to roll. Uh, I could roll a D four for me. Eventually, you're able to kind of pick up on where you guys have made yourself, made your way to, and you realize you've actually headed more east than you meant to, instead of north. And it looks like you're just hitting close to the outskirts of Waterside, the town. So you've actually, instead of traveling more towards the edge, you've kind of ended up being a little bit lower in the crater of Osho than you were planning on, closer to that town. I'm still going to try and get to uh, oh, yeah. the upper swells. Sounds good. I'd like, if you're going to continue doing kind of what you're doing, I'd like someone to make uh, a survival check and someone to make a perception check. Probably Baron again, or if Adelaide would like to do a survival check or one of them, that would work as well. And this is just to kind of see how this next stint will go as you travel path being misdirected to see if you can get to the upper swells this time. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. What am I rolling? Does Tori want to roll or I will roll? Tori? What am I rolling? Am I rolling something? Yeah. Okay. What am I rolling? Perception? Or would you like to do perception or survival? I think perception and survival are the same, so. Okay. Um, I rolled a, a 13. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. That's a 7. 
Okay. Sounds good. As you're heading from water side up to the other shores, you actually, with Cat Adelaide taking a little bit more of the lead, um, maybe it's her innate sense of being connected to the God of travel, the God of protection, especially to those who are traveling at night. She seems to have a little bit of a better sense on what direction this upper soul is. Um, Pinky, though, as time kind of gets passing, it becomes pretty repetitive calling out each of these automatons. Um, there is one instance where the automaton gets fairly close to your friends. It's about 300 feet out where you guys can see it. It's fairly obvious to see. But um, what are you guys going to do? Are you going to... We're no longer in the fields anymore? Yeah, right? Well, right here you're on... I was assuming you're skirting along the fields and the waterside town. Oh, okay. So you can either choose to head into the fields or head into the town to try to... Have they been checking your fields or can they just patrol? You would notice sometimes they would stop and almost like kind of survey out and stuff like that. But you also, now that you've like taken time, you see some of them that every once in a while pass through the town as well. So yeah. either or there might be some that pass through. I feel like it's better to do the fields because I know that there's higher things. If I get low, it's less likely to be seen, especially if I'm what, 65 feet out or so. Yeah. All right. As you guys kind of get out and get low, just because of kind of how things are going, something almost seems to be setting this one off. Maybe it was able to kind of glance you from the shadows while you're kind of close to the town. I would like you guys to do stealth checks. This is all of us or just me and Adeline? Um, all of you. That's going to be a six. Okay. Good to know. 21. Oh, sorry. What was that, Tori? Sorry, 16. Okay, good to know. All right. With that, you get a really close encounter, Baron, as it almost seems to be heading your direction. You don't realize it but luckily enough for you your friends are able to just pull you right out of the line of sight in time and you're able to continue forward letting it pass thanks thank you you've been doing a good job at keeping an eye out for them natalie that it's always nice to have the company Adelaide is going to say something smart back. <laughs> but. Oh, that was, that was a little smart. It's very witty. Well, with that out of the way, you finally make your way to the edge of the upper swells. Uh, Adelaide, um, 
I think now is probably the best time to try and use your spell that can, uh, you said it could locate an object? Yes, as long as it's an object that I've, I'm somewhat familiar with. Um, if I were to describe an object, do you think that that would be enough? Um, well, let's see. Well, according to the Spellbook app, I would have needed to see the object up close at least once. Uh, um. So, question for like yes. the DM. So, yeah, that's the that's the rule of the spell, and I I was reading it earlier. Um, it says that I need. To have, I have drawn a picture of. Can I draw a picture of it? Here's that the thing. Was, yeah. You have you have things that she could locate. You just need to think about it. I would like you to do a history check. Okay. All right. Uh, history 11. 11. You feel like you're trying to think, is there something that Adelaide might have seen that now your sister has? This says a certain kind of apparel, jewelry, furniture, tool, or weapon. Do you, Adelaide, do you remember seeing all those kids playing when we were back at the um, the vigil outpost in Felsau? Yes. Uh, I don't know if you caught it. Um, we'll kind of bend down in the dirt because I'm imagining we're like kind of on the outskirts. Here, yeah. Really. Um, well, uh, one of the kids was holding uh, this, and I'll start drawing. It's it's an owl bear, and it's uh, it's missing one of its eyes, uh, and it's been re-sewn with with a what looks to be a button. Uh, a red one, and uh, it—he has a suit on, uh, and his name is Sir Archibald. I don't know if that's enough to to give you it. Um, Adelaide, make a history check with that assistance of kind of something that specific. You can do it with an advantage. Nice. Wait, a what check? Uh, history. Sorry, you guys have been having to remember a lot of things this episode. Uh, 13. Okay. With a 13, you remember that one of the girls that was at the um, Belsau Vigil Outpost had been carrying a stuffed animal, and as he kind of explains it, you remember seeing this kind of cute little it's actually not little it's a fairly big stuffed bear like a teddy bear sized owl bear 
um, with one of its eyes missing uh, that has been restored with a red button and kind of the suit on. You remember what he's describing um, from a girl holding it when you first entered and saw them kind of running around. Now, I think that that's something that I can find. Um, let's see. So, all right. So I just, I'll cast locate object. And am I, am I able to locate it within a thousand feet of us? So I will explain. The upper swells is bigger than just a thousand feet. Yeah. Um, let me just check something. As of right now, you can't. Um, you can't feel it, but you know, like over the next little bit, you could if you're able to get here. I should describe though, with the time that took you and the little bit of mishap going in a little bit different direction, um, having to hide a little bit more than you're hoping. The time is probably about like one thirty, almost. Two in the morning. So, yeah, it's getting pretty close. Okay. Uh, I can. Can you hold this this spell for another t- ten minutes? If you think you could move us into a, a closer direction, I think I might have a, a better luck finding it. Okay. Um, well, then let's let's just keep moving through the city then. Is this city more lit up like? I mean, it's still early, but is there people around now, or...? In, by, by far, less people here. Um, that was... I think it's just the time of day, and yeah. it's, like I said, culturally not appropriate to, like, go out at night. Um, just because the connection between the darkness to Venna, the god of loss and of darkness. Um... She is venerated as being as um, one of the betrayers, someone that is very evil. And so it's believed that kind of this time, especially between 12 o'clock and like three o'clock in the morning, it's kind of known as like the witching hour. And that's why it is considered probably one of the dangerous, most dangerous times to be outside. Now, you do know that Oshdo probably has a lot of defenses and is very safe, but compared to other places in Yavna, it's still taboo to go out during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't see anyone. Okay. Let's just move through the streets and see if you can pick up anything, Adelaide. And Pinky, if you'll just keep an eye out, like you've been doing, that you've been doing a great job. Oh, this is this is kind of like I don't know, a McKay, but you're kind of using a different tone now. Like, is that something that I'm like, or is that like something like for your character? I am also kind of sick tonight, um, <laughs> but maybe he is using a slightly different tone just because mm-hmm. this is something a little bit more important to him. Okay, I'll just take note I- of that. Usually you I just know what to do, and so Adelaide's just noticing that there's like a little bit more like care here. 
I think you would notice that. All right. Well, with this last little stint to try to find the location of Archibald the Owlbear, I need someone to do a perception and someone to do a survival. I'll do a perception check if someone will do a survival. I can do survival. Because pinkies is really bad. 11. 11. I okay. rolled an... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I actually can't tell if this is a 6 or 9. It's a 6. <laughs> um, I rolled an 8. Okay. Sounds good. As time goes on, you guys move quickly. You're able to find what looks to be um, kind of the main street, and using the perception that you're you're given, you're able to start heading the direction correctly. As you continue going, eventually, Adelaide, you get almost that urge, that sense with casting the spell of the location. It's more towards the 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 north of where you're at, and that. Um, as you feel that, you kind of motion your two compatriots to follow you. You all start heading towards that direction. And you feel almost, in a sense, drawn to this section of the the upper swells. To kind of describe it, these buildings are of all different shapes and fashions like you saw. But these streets seem almost a little bit more well-tended. It's more supposed to feel, in a sense, residential, where people kind of live here, um, just normal lives, um, normal houses, normal neighborhoods and stuff like that. Um, and as you approach this home, you can see what looks to be a large, almost manor-esque estate. Think almost kind of like the house that is off of uh, Pride and Prejudice. Um, that the the lady grows up in kind of that rough stone uh, masonry with many rooms and it's not huge or crazy lavish but it's quite large for what it is um, you can see what looks to be a stable attached to the back of it and on the second floor in the window above the stable you see what looks to be or you feel what tends to be the owl bear Baron, it's in here which which window is it? Um, can Abby just kind of point? Can she locate like the point where it is? Yeah, yeah. You you'd sense it up there. As now that you're closer, it's a lot easier to kind of determine where it's coming from. Um, I'll go ahead and grab some pebbles just off the off the cobble street. Okay, can some pebbles. Fly to the window and look inside. Yeah, she can do that, and I'll climb up <laughs> the barn thing as she's just doing that. Um, Adelaide, are you climbing up as well, or are you going to stay down? Um, I'd probably ask Baron, would you like me to come with you? Uh, you can wait here. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Um, with that, Inky, you fly up to the window, 
there and you climb up and what you look inside you see what looks to be the shape of uh not necessarily a young child but more of a teenager um in one of the beds human um softly sleeping um the lights are out um at this point you're dark both of your dark visions have faded but you can through the lamp light of this town you can see what looks to be uh the shape uh, inside does it look like she's alone in the room uh as you look in yes it's not like a huge room but you see what looks to be a bed a desk with um a couple books on a shelf above it um you can see what looks to be like a wardrobe um in one corner um with some sort of like rug in the middle it's basic and not crazy but is definitely homely and comfortable um i'll just kind of lightly tap on the window um, you see as you kind of tap a few times the figure kind of arouses and as she kind of like looks and squints at the window she sees that figures are outside and kind of is almost startled for a second there um and then it looks like the curiosity kind of gets the better of her and she kind of approaches the window and as she kind of presses her face up against it she you see um at least your sister pinky uh, you can wait down below it's okay doesn't have to. Pinky, you would notice a girl that's in some ways very similar to Baron, but instead mm-hmm. of having like a face that looks like someone that you'd want to punch, um, it's like <laughs> you the, the fine, like, Baron's not necessarily an ugly guy, he's just more rough around the edges, and if you were to take him and if he were to be more cleaned up and more presentable, he would actually look fairly noble, in a sense. Um, this um, girl almost accentuates those features of like that style of, of look that he almost seems to have covered up with the way he looks. Not necessarily about purpose. It doesn't look like he's trying to hide anything, but he he's just more gruff, more hard. It's almost like two sides of the same coin seeing him sit uh-huh. his sister and him. Both of them have these the same violet eyes um she presses up and then she kind of glances at you and then she looks over at pinky seeing a literal fairy she's like, okay oh open the window she'll go to open the window pinky are you staying or are you heading off um well pinky is going to say <laughs> you have really pretty eyes just like i assume he's your brother uh, but it's nice to meet you. I'm Pinky. She's going to stick out her hand and want to shake her hand. What's your name? She rubs her eyes. Hi, uh, Pinky. My name's uh, my name's Elise. Two. And Pinky's going to fly away. Give him some privacy. Uh, is that, what are you doing here? Uh, I had to come see you. What time is it? 
I don't know. It's early. Or late. You came to see me? Well, yeah, I was worried about you. Oh, that's very sweet of you. Yeah, whatever. Um, she kind of looks around, still kind of blinking the the sleep away from her eyes. <sighs> so how how you been? It's been almost two weeks now. I haven't seen you. I know they they haven't training, and I'm I'm not supposed to be out here. So ooh, that's. I mean, are you breaking the rules, or did you ask permission? I'll let you figure that one out. Baron, you're not supposed to get in trouble. I haven't gotten in trouble. What am I going to do with you? Are they treating you well? Martin and uh, Hazel are, are really nice. Uh, I've been able to start helping out with kind of the pros around the house. Just things that I'm kind of used to. Um, but it's been fun because... I get to hang out with little kids and play with them. Have they ever hit you or anything? No. <laughs> As she she kind of makes eye contact with you, like I was like, they're good. He's. I'm, I'm glad that you finally chose to do this. I'm only doing it because of you and Druga. That helped you sleep that night. I think I'm grateful that you're doing this. It's so good to see you. Wow! And she realizes at that point that you've cut your hair and like shaved. She like touches your hair and like feels it. Like you look so much better. I'm. Wait, what's that on your lip? As she kind of touches it and finds the mustache. Oh. Ew! Why do you have a mustache? How does it look good? It doesn't. You should really shave it. No, I'm gonna keep it. Oh my gosh, that's gross! <laughs> oh. mm-hmm. I'm good. It's hard. I. It was nice staying on the farm for so long. Just. I'm. I'm excited for some change, though. It's nice to be somewhere where we don't feel like we're looking over our shoulder every every moment. And she takes your hand at this moment and kind of squeezes it like, you can relax. I, I feel safe here. I, I think these people are good. Not just Martin and Hazel. The way these people talk, the way they act, they remind me of Grandpa. I've seen it too. And you can learn a few pointers. Been a little hard on yourself the past few years. Yeah, well, had to take care of you. You're a handful. I know. I'm good at it, though. And she she gives you a week now that her sleep is kind of faded. Well. Are you going to get in trouble if they catch you? Probably. Oh, 
probably. Okay. Well. I love you. And she gives you a hug. I'll embrace her back. I love you too. I'll see you soon. How long is your training? Three months. Oh my gosh, that's so long. So I had to come see you. Okay. I appreciate that. I would probably gone start crazy wondering how you were doing. You know, you haven't been drinking again, have you? Yeah. With that, you can see her kind of smile a little bit and says, I love you. Yeah, whatever. Uh, write me a letter. Okay. I'll, we'll keep in touch that way. Because I don't think I'll be able to do this again. Fair. And at, with where she's at, she kind of, after embracing you, she picks up Archibald, the Alabama kind. Is almost cradling it as a, for comfort. I feel like there's one more thing I want to tell you. And then it's at that moment that behind you, or looking at her face, you see her face light up with like a bright spotlight as to look. Your shadow kind of masking the portion of the room as you look in, you can see yourself kind of standing. You look back and you see one of those sentries, one of those guardians standing there saying, halt, halt. Um, with both Pinky and Allie right in the lights. Um, as they've been kind of looking up more towards the window and watching this. And that's where we're going to end it tonight. No. No. As my failures to make it. And that last one was a failure. So it, it, uh, you guys have been seen. We'll see what happens. Oh my God. Well, with that, I think we're done. I'm sorry to leave that such a hit. Yeah. I'm sorry, Eli and Opal and um, Moss as well. He's gone though. That it was a little bit more barren uh, focused episode. Uh, I still hope you all enjoyed it. Um, even though there wasn't quite as much for everyone to do. Um, as we get through this training, We'll kind of come back together as a group, and it'll be a little bit easier. So, all right. I uh, I hope that that was fun, and thank you all for playing. Dungeon. And you. Dungeon. 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 D